Is that it? Yeah. We're live? We're back. We're back, folks. You know, we ha- we ended on a very important point. And we ended on a point so important that we had to bring it back up again. The lack of manliness in this fucking country, ladies and gentlemen, hurts me. And here's here, here's salt. Here's something for you, man. And this is you look at cinema today. Cinema's a big thing in the United States. It always has been. It sets trends, it sets, you know, kind of people's morals to a certain extent. So let me read you this. Let me read you this IDP. Uh, I, what's, how do you say it? Uh, Internet, Internet database? Movie. Yes, that guy. IDB. Of this man, and he's one of my favorite dudes ever. But I'm going to read you this list of films he was involved with, either right. as a screenwriter or a writer. Okay. Which, a screenwriter and a writer is the guy who comes up with the idea of the fucking movie. So right. that's pretty important. You know? huge. So here we go. Here's a list of movies for you. Dirty Harry. Jeremiah Johnson, Whoa. The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, Jesus Paul Christ. Newman, Magnum Force, oh my goodness. Apocalypse Now, Jesus, 1941, Comedy with John Belushi, mm. Conan the Barbarian, the first one, original, um, 1982, the one that made Arnold Schwarzenegger a star and future um, governor of California. Conan, what is uh, best in life? <laughs> Cross your enemies. <laughs> Have them the, driven before the, you and hear the laminations of, of the, the women. women. Uh, uh, and, to, and to me personally, this is I'm a child of the '80s, so this is like my movie, my go-to thing. Red Dawn. He wrote the screenplay for Red. First Dawn. of all, how dare you? And how dare he? <laughs> Both of you, go fuck yourself. That fuck movie's him. terrible. <laughs> Get the not, fuck out I'm of not, here. I'm not driving a 78 Firebird anymore. What are you talking about? I'm not living in that time no, frame dude, where that Red movie Dawn, back, works. Back off, man. <laughs> Red Dawn. It's the shit. The shit. Red uh, Dragons. What's Red Dragon? Wolverines, motherfucker. Whatever it is. You said Red Dragons. That's it, that's man. Of, that, uh, that's like Jason one. Ellis. That's one, like. That's, uh, Wolverine. It makes me sad that you don't know that. It's a good movie. Clear it's not and, as good as Roadhouse, though. Clear and Present Danger. Uh, where were we at? Rome, the TV series, 22 episodes. That was a legit TV. Did you ever watch that? Rome? What year was that? Uh, 2005, HBO series. Wow. I don't think I did. It was legit. Um, That's a, must be post Gladiator. They decided to do that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That, oh, that thing. Patrick. Swayze. Yes, right there, baby. That's Swayze. the that's the original legit Red Dawn. Is that the trailer? Yeah. <sighs> People yeah. try to tell me that Swayze. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson was a motherfucking gangster. Swayze died from cigarettes. They try to say that. Did he? I, I watched the last uh, on Netflix. Is his shit the Beast? The last series that he did. Yes. And it was pretty good. But goddamn, he looked bad. He looked terrible. I mean, it was like you felt so bad because Roadhouse was a legit movie. Re- legit, it's hard to fuck with that. Awesomely terrible. It's, it, <laughs> hey, it's hard to fuck with that. It's got Patrick Swayze as a bouncer <laughs> with Sam Elliott as his mentor and Ben Ver- Who's Ben Vereen? Is yes, it? the bad yeah. guy. <laughs> the bad guy. I own this hey, town, but I don't care. Whoever the chick was with the giant jugs. Oh, she's so pretty. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's she's so pretty smart too. She I'm sure she'd take care of you. She was a doctor. <laughs> she would stitch you up, send you back out into the battlefield. Basically, the perfect woman accepts you. I as bet you are. she looks like a rubber blow-up doll that's been left out in the sun for twenty years. If you could take a picture of her right no. now, I don't want to take a picture of her now. I want to go back in time. <laughs> back time in nineteen ninety-four. I want to smell her vagina. I want to smell like paradise. 
What about? Uh, well, I, I don't want to bring that up. We don't want to get. We don't want to stir up too much shit. But I was going to say, at that point in time, that was like the Steven Seagal era. <laughs> That's when Steven Seagal, like Roadhouse, was that Steven Seagal? That was era? like right about there because Steven Seagal started with Above the Law. That was legit. That was like ninety ninety one, right? It's somewhere Ish. around that era. Eighty nine, maybe. That's when Roadhouse was. Roadhouse was eighty nine. And it was awesome, and it's still awesome. <laughs> oh, it's got some of the best lines ever uh, until it's time to not be nice. Yeah. <laughs> How do we know when that is? I'll let you know. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that was great stuff, And, and the man. dude who looks at Sam, well, Sam Elliott's a, been a gangster forever, but. Actually, Above the Law came before Roadhouse. It was a year 88? before. Yeah, it was 88. That was his first movie. Look at this shit. He's doing kung fu. Look at he's doing kung fu. And he was hanging out with that dude who was uh Jeff uh the guy was the guy was blind. Great really singer famous. though. Yes. Yeah. Great blues guy. Yeah. Kelly Lynch. That's oh, her name, she's right? She's so pretty. She's so fucking hot. I don't even want to know what she looks like now. She will forever look like she looked dead in my eyes. Yeah. Oh, there's that's the monster truck days. That girl's got entirely too many brains to have an ass like that. No, it's fine. That's it's a fine. Qu- that's a it's quote a, from Sam Elliott. It's ridiculous. Sam Elliott was incorrect. It's just a matter of being able to handle it. Look at the little chicken chest on Patrick Swayze. He's so lucky there's no black man in that movie. <laughs> so lucky. Because there was a black man that got injured in the oh, same look, brawl. They, they did, look, they did the fucked up graphic. That was the They didn't have the original graphic. Oh, well, See that? That's probably a post- that was film. probably pre. I bet that was an early trailer. It might be, but did they have a lot of trailers back then? Yeah, the like early trailers. If you look at trailers for like a lot of like big films, they were all dog shit. Did it's not like up? now where the trailer's better than the fucking movie. They, I have a real problem with trailers now. I, I wait for a buzz on a movie, and I try not to see the trailer. If I can see a trailer on my computer, I'll, I'll literally turn away. But I heard the Godzilla trailer was nothing. It was just like there was a. Someone said it was an amazing trailer, and it's actually a, like a proof of concept. It's a concept. Oh, okay. It's not. They they just started filming it recently on Oahu, according to Twitter. Have you seen a movie? Source. You know, I'm trying to think about. I haven't seen a movie. The last movie that really made me, like, you know what? Like that's a badass. Like that's a one for the ages. I'm trying to think of it, and the closest I can come is The Departed. The Departed was really good, but Avatar does it for me. Really, because I didn't. I know it that. was stupid. I know it was dumb. I know it required suspension of disbelief. Because it's a bunch of hippie bullshit. Mm. It's nothing Some more than like it's bullshit. it's it's like mm. a bunch of fucking uh, <laughs> it's revisionist American Indian history, bro. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're I right. Mean, if it was an original thought, you got me. I respect the technical aspects of the filmmaking because it's fucking amazing what mm-hmm. they did. But the story. Is straight up fucking patchouli bull. You can you're, smell you're, a patchouli. You're totally right. You're totally right. <laughs> However, I feel it's my feeling that um, a movie like that is a comic book movie, and it's basically a vehicle for just showing you pretty things and getting you carried away in a story. Sure. And uh, I, I I see your argument, but I also see the argument of making it. 
And oh, the, no, I completely... James Cameron is a fucking genius. He's a wicked motherfucker. He's a fucking genius. Dude went down the farthest reaches of the ocean yeah. by himself. Yes. Yeah, I mean... The, by himself. I think he's a stud, and I and I respect the, what he does, and I wish more people had the balls and ability to do what he does. I think you, you've got to have a giant fucking ego to do what he does. But you know what? You get that ego by making movies that make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I was talking to um, uh, people on my message board about uh, there was someone um, was talking about there's a, a situation recently where there was a, uh, a billionaire, uh, a very famous cat, who uh, denounced Steve Jobs and sold all his Apple stock. His name was Jay Robertson. He dumped all his Apple shares. And the reason why he did, he said, that Steve Jobs was a really awful person. Like, that's his quote. And there was, like, this big debate on my message board, and, and, you know, I started reading it, and, you know, what what makes a guy an awful person and what doesn't. And my, my take on it was that it's, like, anybody running a company like that, where you're running, like, an insanely innovative, pressure-filled company that's trying to be at the very, the very front of the line of the most competitive form of technology available consumer technology in the phone business sure. i mean they 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 they're, they're so like attached to people's like the, the, I mean, people fight over Android versus Apple, sure. or you know, I'm I got a Windows phone. I'm a right. fucking contrarian, and it's a weird, very competitive, uber geek environment. And Steve Jobs was the master of that shit. Yeah. The phones, master of the home computer. He was the master. He made exclusivity. He made the the he he came up with the very best stuff. And for him, it was like it was everything. It was his whole existence. And for the people that work for him, it was a job, man. Sure. Just like you talking about working at the auto, sure. you know, working for Ford. Yeah. It's just a job. If right. you had to work for Steve Jobs, you would have fucking nightmare stories right. about that cunt. Yeah. He'd be like, that guy's and, a douchebag. And to me, it goes, that's one of the things about, another thing I'm fascinated by is with modern media, new media, um, Facebook, Twitter, everything, just the way everything is, it's this thing that if you don't agree 100% with what an entity as a company does or with if you think a person is an asshole, then all of a sudden that means whatever they make, whatever they do is not cool or not acceptable anymore. And to me, that's false. I see it's positive. I see it, re- it represents this unique need for well, here, accountability across the board. I, I understand accountability, but here's the thing, man. If... If you're in charge of getting something done, I don't give a fuck who you are. If you're in charge of making something and putting product out the door, somewhere along the line, someone's going to say you're a fucking asshole. Someone's going to get butt hurt. Yeah. It's impossible not to. That's true. So That's true, but I so think it's now important it's, that someone... So now it's the fact that, okay, and I'm maybe I'm guilty of it in certain you know instances, but at the same time, it's like, why not let the person's work speak for themselves? You know, I mean, okay, perfect example, music. uh, I try not to get – I'm guilty of this. I try not to get worked up because I'm a conservative pretty much dude. You know, if any – like I said, I feel like – and this is a problem that I run into with most left-leaning or whatever you want to call it is I'm perfectly willing to let anybody do whatever the fuck they want. The flip side of that is let me do what the fuck I want. 
Right, exactly. And that's Let what, you be a man. Yeah, and that's the problem that most people fucking run into is say, no, 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 no. You have to fall within these parameters. How dare you want to do X, Y, Z? You can't do that. We need to control this. Yeah. So my point is, if any of these guys, you know, I don't give a fuck if you're a prick. I don't care if you're an asshole. I don't care if you got in a fight with the guy over here or, or you got in a lawsuit over some bullshit. If your product does what it says it will, you treat me right as a customer. Why, am, why would I ever be an asshole and not buy your shit because someone else says they don't like you? Well, I think it's based on empirical evidence. What 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 is now, this guy? That's not to say if a guy's done. a legitimate fucking yeah. prick. Look, I've heard conversations that other people have had about me. Right. Where, where exactly. someone has said that, that I was a dickhead. I was like, oh, man, let me tell you what that guy actually did. Mm -hmm. That guy walked in and said this to my friend, like, right away. Exactly. Of course I was a dick to him. Right. He's exactly. giving me the creepy eyes. You know, he's saying that I think I'm too good. Right. Whatever the fuck it is. But There's two sides to the story. Exactly. And that's the problem with the way shit is now is that all of a sudden through an onslaught. Now, imagine if you're just a fucking guy, just a dude, yeah. you know, that doesn't have a big media presence. And somebody decides to, you know, you, you, you run into some asshole out here and they go, hey, look, you know, for whatever reason, something goes down and all of a sudden they want to make you the asshole. Hmm. Now, that's, I mean, is it right? Is it wrong? Not so much. Well, they're but, trying to reshape reality. Yes. And they're trying to influence other people's opinions yeah. to justify their own when, opinions. Not only that, but there is a fucking mob mentality yes. of let's jump on board and, you know, we're going to fuck this guy. And I know for a fact you've been a victim of it. Me? Yeah, absolutely. Really? With Perfect example. I mean, you're outspoken on certain shit. Perfect example was with the, uh, uh, the, the, the transsexual thing. <laughs> I mean, you got your fucking nuts kicked in in certain circles over that. It's happened before. I mean, so. I yeah, mean, but that was, it was all important. You know that was a that was a good thing. That was uh, that was important for dialogue. Yeah, like it's important for those people to express themselves and be angry at me. You can't hurt my feelings. That's all right. I understand if you have a, a version of reality that differs from well, mine. And, and here's what, when it comes to describing. But here's me. what tilts me is when people want to start fucking with your income. Yeah, people start going. They don't go to you. Well, they want to be reacted to. You know, they they want to go. Hey, look. You know what? Fuck this. We're boycotting the UFC. You know, they're calling your boss, or, or not your boss, but your employer, Dana White, saying, hey, look, you know, you need to fire this guy because he's a fucking asshole. And, and to me, that's just like, you know, that's the biggest pussy move on the planet. Yeah. Because they can't argue what you were saying. They're not willing to have a dialogue and say, I disagree with you because of this. Let me try to, and let me try to swing you to my way of right. thinking. Right. They want to say, no, I disagree with what you're saying. I'm a pussy, so fuck you. I'm going to try and take your money. Well, not only that, there's, there's also something that's going on with people that disagree with certain people's opinions is that they're absolutely convinced that they are right and that you are wrong. So because of that, they're willing to do almost anything to express the idea that you are wrong, right. whether it's distort reality, whether it's to give their opinion a very biased way, excluding certain aspects of the facts, whatever it is. There's an ego battle along with the ideology battle. My problem is when that ego battle is so glaringly obvious and you're not willing to admit that that's exactly what the fuck is going on. You know, like we said about the, the, the transsexual thing. Like, I'm happy to get the transsexual conversation out there because I think ultimately once the dust settles, 
I think people should realize that it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if someone wants to be a woman or if someone wants to be a man or if however someone, you want to live your life. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. What matters is how do you treat people. Well, at the same time, this has kind of been my issue with, uh, I don't know, alternate lifestyles, whatever the hell you want to call it. But it's there's a difference between acceptance and, and it's like, okay, here, look, I accept the way someone wants to live their life. No problem. That's on you. But don't expect me to cheerlead you. Well, you know what I think that's from? You know, don't expect me to be. It's like, you know, I will accept however you want to live your life. But accept the fact that it's possible there are people out there that are willing to accept it and say, you're, 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 you know, that's your right 100%. But that doesn't mean they have to agree with it. And if they don't agree with it, it doesn't make them a bigot. Right. Well, people don't have to agree with anything. You know, as and, long and as you treat main, people fairly and, and kindly, and, and, and it doesn't me, matter. It's that that's what I really look for, and and to me, that's a sign of someone that I re- will respect is someone that is willing to understand, and they can argue vigorously. You know that I do not agree with what you're saying, but we I respect. But I respect your right and, and your ability to live the way you want to live, and, and I will not degrade you, and I will not hinder you. But I do not agree with you. Yeah, I think it's a really important point to know that there's a bunch of different ways of looking at the world. And you might not agree with my way of looking at the world. It doesn't mean that you're right. It right, doesn't no. mean that you're wrong either. Right. It means that you're the, – the, the, the fucking – the spectrum of thinking is so broad. Right. There's a lot of variabilities. What's important, I think, as a culture and as a community that anything that we agree to, we agree to on the basis does it cause less harm right. than it does – you know, does it, cause, does it cause more good than it does harm? Right. And as long as we act in that way, we would l- allow anything. Right. Basically, as long as it hey, doesn't victimize people. Man, that's the way I look at it is, is, I mean, I could write up a Bill of Rights and it would be about eight sentences. And it would be maybe not even that. Basically, it's your rights end where mine begin. You don't get to touch children. <laughs> and, you know, that's it. I mean, basically, just... Do whatever the hell you want to do, man. Let your freak flag fly. But at the end of the day, you know what? You got to pay your taxes. You got to go to work. Let your fleet freak, say it again. Freak Let flag your fly. freak flag fly. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, baby. That's a, yeah. that's his line. You know, I mean, do whatever you got to do. I don't give a shit. But at the end of the day, you're still a member of a community. It's the most important thing to say ever, and I fucked it up. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah. Let it. Yeah, freak party, freak. 2014. Starting a new political party. <laughs> I, I saw I'm that. I'm down with that. It's uh, Hunter S. Thompson had freak power in the 1970s. I'm going with the freak party for 2013 out of respect for HST. You know what's funny is movement. in other countries with parliamentary systems, um, it's designed to where it's not a two-party deal. Well, my point is that I mean, you there could should do, be I mean, no party. In, in other countries, I mean, you could legitimately, no bullshit, Probably put together a freak party and maybe get, get one or two house, you know, house members, and they would have a, you know. But I mean, that's that's what's crazy. I think the way the system was designed, that was what was in mind. It, it was never yes. designed to be two parties. No, they hijacked it. Yeah, and I think that I could be president of Canada if you're willing to move to Vancouver. We can make some shit happen. I'm in Edmonton, and um, I can't tell you, bro. I mean, that's I love Canada. You know, you know, what I love about Canadians. <laughs> They're the nicest people in the world. They're so nice. They have beautiful women. So hot. 
but fuck, they're communist. They're communists. Listen, only when it comes to healthcare. The only as communist is the people that you interact with. If you choose to interact with the people that are all socialisty and they're trying to fucking uh, make it the nerf the world and pr- provide nets oh, over every shit. ravine. I got two topics for us. Okay. Number one, tell me what the fuck you would have done in New York City if it would have been your wife and your two kids in an oh, SUV. In that SUV thing. Here's my take on that. And I'm sure you've talked about it before, yes. but I We haven't really. It's the SUV uh, um, motorcycle biker thing. I don't know how that guy was driving. I don't know what happened. I don't know if anyone was aggressive. I don't know if anyone was clueless. I literally don't know. Okay. Um, what I looked at when I saw the end where that guy drove over those people and uh, drove over those bikes... I, I saw a guy who looked like he was panicking, and it looked like he was surrounded. But without the information of hearing what these guys were saying to him sure. or what had happened before that, I don't. You know, I saw the one guy slow down and st- like brake checked him. Brake checked him, and but apparently something had occurred before that where the guy had like maybe bumped into a bike or gotten too close to a bike, but apparently something had occurred before that where they were involved in an altercation with another automobile. And yeah. There's a video of that, and there's a mob mentality sort of an argument to be taken to. I think unless you're there well, and you know you see there was like all, two or three cops there undercover. I think it was five. The five? Six? Six. Six. Because the last I heard was three, and then they arrested one. Well, you know, cops are people. There's a problem yeah, with that for sure. Um, I don't know what the fuck happened, man. I, I really don't know who got beat up. New video. The new video shows a guy got beat up, apparently. Yeah. I don't know who caused what. I don't know who deserved what. I do know that I've been around some dudes in bikes that act like fucking cocksuckers. But I do know that I've been around people in cars around bikes that act like fucking cocksuckers. I do know that people tend to act like fucking cocksuckers. When they're I, in groups, especially. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the guy in the truck didn't know what the fuck he was doing, or the guy in the bike didn't. I don't know what happened, man. I mean, I don't know. I, it's I, pathetic. I, from what I've watched and from what I've seen, one of the best forum posts I've seen yet that described it was, I seriously doubt that that guy in the SUV woke up that morning, put his wife and kid in the truck, and said, let's go fuck with some bikers. But I'm willing to bet at least a few of those fucking bikers woke up in the morning, got on their motorcycle, and said, let's go fuck with some of these guys. Maybe. And it might be that and just they all got together and felt the power in numbers and the fine. intimidation. But at the same time, you know, the brake check thing, I mean, I've read different accounts, and, and I've seen some different videos. And then you look at, you know, history, past performance is an indicator. It really is. You know, what people do in the past. But to me, it just looks like, I don't know. The biggest thing that flipped my mind, those motherfuckers chased them like 50 blocks in Manhattan. Yeah. You've been in New York. Yeah. How the fuck do you do 20, 30 motorcycles, 40 motorcycles chasing a guy through Manhattan? Where the fuck are the cops? Yeah, where are the cops? Where are the cops? I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know if he called the cops. I don't know if he had a flat. I think he might have had a flat tire, too. That it, I don't give a fuck. Him. 50 blocks in Manhattan. You can't drive 50 blocks in Vegas. You can't. I mean, for fuck's sake. Well, you know, who knows what, what's going to come out about the undercover cops? Right. How much information? That's is, my question, is yeah. if one of those guys were calling them off. Yeah, it could be. I mean. It could be. Is that possible? I don't know. You know, it, like I said, 
both sides are gross. It's gross if the guy was disrespecting the motorcycles, or it's gross if the guy was panicking and putting people in jeopardy. It's also gross. Well, but if they here's were the thing: if the him. dude is here's the way I look at it. the guy is stopped. Okay, the guy brake checks him. If you just start at that video, mm-hmm. dude brake checks him. Number one, if you're on a motorcycle and you brake check an SUV, you're a fucking moron because you're gonna lose. Yeah, that's not a good. That's just that. that's number one. You're a dick. Even if you're 100% right, even if this guy almost ran you off the fucking road, okay, you got me. You're in the right. But if you get in front of him and brake check him and he runs you the fuck over, whose fault is that? Even if you were right to be mad. So right there, one wrong. And so the guy gets on the brakes, and then the next thing, he stopped, and he's surrounded by these bikes. Now – if you're a guy, and, and here's another thing. It goes back to what we started about before. The whole thing about fucking people not being a man. Yeah. You know, here's this guy, probably never been in a fight in his fucking life. You know, never had to protect himself, never had to protect his family. And he's surrounded by these fucking assholes. So what's he do? Panic. Exactly. Hit gas, the gas. Gas. Ah! Right. Yeah. Well, it's a scary fucking scenario, man. Oh, if it, if it would have been me in that position, and I was, well, I don't know. All I got to say is it would have been like, I don't know, you see Death the, Race 2000, like biker being checking them, Or like Every Which Way But Loose, the remake. I have been around both. I have been around very respectful bikers who do, you know, they ride down the road like, um, you know, hundreds strong and, you know, waving to people and shit sure. and there's no yeah. problems. And I've also seen assholes. I've seen assholes right. cut people off and get in front of people. And there's a, there's a thing when you have ultimate strength when most of your life you don't have ultimate strength. Most of your life you have a shitty job. We have to respond to your boss. Right. You have a bunch of rules you have to live by. And then all of a sudden you're in this fucking scenario. There's the guy taking There's a off. cop. The guy on the right is a cop. Wow, the guy who did that, it ran up no, to the, him? No, the, the dude who got off the bike with the either that or he's one of them. Wow. Because at least in the, the newspaper I saw, the dude had the cut right there. That guy with the cut on mm-hmm. with the three, three-piece patch, yeah. he was a cop. Why didn't he do anything? Well, the, oh, who knows? Who Exactly. Who knows what the fuck happened? Or he's one of the cops. Happened. He's a cop that got arrested and charged. Two felonies. You know, I think that if you're a fucking biker and you're with a bunch of bikers, like right here, this shit, it's your responsibility to not get close to SUVs if you can avoid well, it. Well, no, but like what just happened right there? Yeah. You know, no matter what that guy did, you don't do that. Well, that was a guy after the guy ran, ran over people. Yeah, but I mean, if that guy does that to I don't know, the wrong person with a gun in his car. Well, no, no, if it was me, okay, and I'm disparity of force. Any state in the United States, that is a, a legal uh, reason for excessive force. Right. I don't care if you're pol- – especially for police officers. If you're a police officer and three guys come at you, even if they don't have any weapons in their hands, you are justified to use deadly force because it's disparity of force. No man is – no one person is expected – You know. There's nothing in the law that says you got to take an ass whipping. Yeah, I mean, even if there's this one on one, if the guy's a bad motherfucker, no, he's yes, coming if, after you. If, if if you're a woman, if you're a female, say you're 120. Pound, How about you're a man? Either that. If you're a 120 pound man, what if you're 180 and the guy's 160 and he's got a good punch? Shoot that motherfucker. Now, no, well, no, now that that is that can be argued that if you have a guy that's you know if you know if you're a guy that you know weighs the same as I don't know pick a fighter. 
And then a fighter of the same stature who is documented as being a fighter tries to, you know, beat this guy up and he pulls a weapon and kills him. He has a legit defense. That don't yeah. mean he's going to win. But here's the one thing. If you're talking about multiple odds, disparity of force is almost every state that I've looked at is a legitimate cause for the use of escalation to deadly force. So that means if three or four people come at you, even if they don't have guns, and you do have a gun, you don't have to take an ass whooping. You don't have to let four people kick your fucking head in just because they don't have a gun or a weapon. Disparity of force should be one person if you're not a violent person. It can be. Look, if if someone who knows how to fight wants to kick your ass, you don't know how to fight, you're you're a dead man. You're You're going to get knocked unconscious, and the guy's going to stomp you to death while you're on the ground. And that's the thing. That is that... And, and in most states, that's the reason why is because once you get knocked out, you're dead. Yeah. If a guy wants to kill you. And or you're on World Star Hip Hop. Right. Well, that's and they go, World Star. But there's a great video that, uh, unfortunately, it's not available for free. But it's a, uh, it's, it's a mindset video that I think a lot of people should watch. It's, it's by a guy named Paul Howe. Paul Howe is a Delta Force operator who was on the ground for Mogadishu uh, for the Black Hawk Down scenario. And he made a video, and he's a, tr- he's a law enforcement trainer now mainly. He also does civilian classes. But he has a class about mindset. And what the minds- and his mindset video is this, is that, and I think it's really important in this day and age, is because in this day and age, kids, men, women, everyone is taught if you're if you're encountered with force or if you're encountered with an you know aggression, you give up, you know, retreat. You know, if somebody tries to mug you, give me a wallet. You know, if somebody tries you know to break into your house, you know, cower. And he proves through some videos. He shows examples, but he's trying. His point is this: is that if you're met with a situation like this. And it's so rare in people like you and I, our lives. But that makes it even more important is because if it ever does happen. You must be prepared. Yeah. And his point is this, is like if you give up, if you don't fight, you forfeit all your rights to life. And then he shows some videos, which I'm I'm sure you've seen most of them. You know, the videos of the guys uh, in Mexico getting their fucking heads chopped off, mm-hmm. you know? And he shows videos of the Columbine massacre where they're walking through, uh, you know, the cafeteria and people are cowering under the tables. What else are they going to do? You know, I mean, that was, that's, that's an arguable situation. There's not much a guy could do. Right. But the point is this, is that you're still, the guy, they're still helpless. You know, you, ha- you can do nothing. Right. If you don't fight, the only thing you can hope for is that they don't kill you. They kill somebody else. And that mindset of never give up, you know, if you're going to die, die a good death. I think there's a point of view from a lot of people that um, have they, they don't have violent tendencies and they're intimidated by violent tendencies. There's a point of view where they want to eliminate all the strength in the world. They want to take away all sure. the, the the benefits of being armed. All the, the you know, there's there's a bunch of people that discourage martial arts. I've 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 actually had that argument. I had that argument with my family when I started doing martial arts because really? I was kind of a fucked up kid. 
and uh, my uh, my father was really worried that I was going to become uh, a much more efficient dangerous person right you know that i was a uh, kind of a sketchy kid and then now i've become a sketchy kid who knows how knows. to dismantle people <laughs> right and it was a real issue um like with me when i was uh 14 years old and i think that there's a lot of people that are not inclined to physicality not inclined to violence not inclined to aggression that would like to silence those things and other people instead of deal with the inevitable reality that those things exist and whenever someone tells me, you know, they start talking about like, you know, uh, you know, if this guy said that, I would beat his ass or that, I, you know, there's a certain amount of that that I'll tolerate until I get to a certain point. Like, do you really do you know what you would do? Do you right. really know what you would do? Do you, have you ever been in a violent confrontation? Have, do you know how to fight? Do you know how to fight when it's important? Do you know how to fight if someone said, are you ready? Are you ready? Go. Would you be able to keep your shit together? Right. Most likely not. Yeah. If you've never kept your shit together before, if you never had that experience, and whether or not you've proven your your, your strength of character, mm, I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to shit your pants. You're going to piss your pants. Right. You're going to shit your pants. You're going to fall apart as soon as the guy gets a hold of you. You're going to be breathing so hard. You're not going to be able to control your heart rate. You're not going to be able to do it. You just right. unless you've really thought about this. This is not some sort of like easily manageable situation. No. Real violence is incredibly scary. Fuck and yes, incredibly scary. And if you don't address that as a as a reality of life, of life that existed from fucking four billion years ago when the first shitty little single celled organism crawled out of the ocean to what happens today in in 2013 in Los Angeles, there's there's a reality to biological life that you are a fucking part of and just by painting this utopian picture of reality doesn't make the dangerous aspects of reality go away right and your want to control nature it's like it's an idealistic sort of a point of view this utopian view of the world where no one's violent no one's you know how the best achieve that strength uniformly across the board yeah. and that's that's a hard thing for people to describe for people to swallow but the 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 most safe environments I've ever been in when I've been around trained killers. Right. Exactly. The least amount of street fights that I've ever been at were at yeah. the UFC. Yeah. When I'm at the UFC and I'm backstage, I've seen one or two scuffles ever amongst the biggest, most insane killers the planet has ever known. When it comes to hand to hand combat. Right. I've seen like a few arguments. I've seen right. two few dudes slap dudes. You know, over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fights even. Well, when you get egos, I mean, yeah, your, your egos, inevitable. Your egos. Well, yeah, but even guys who do that, their ego is checked. Yes. Because they know that as good as they are, at some point, they got clipped or, you know, even that, it's one of those things to where it goes back to, there's a, Jeff Cooper is what's, Jeff, Colonel Jeff Cooper is considered the father of the modern pistol technique. <laughs> no, no, hear me out. Most of the things, it sounds kind of silly or gay. No, it doesn't at all. But- most of the, talking about pistols. Yeah, but but well, hear hear me out. Martial arts are martial arts. Oh yeah, I agree. They really are. Mm -hmm. Whether you're fighting with your hands, swords, or your fists, guns, swords, guns, knives, it really is. You're talking about fighting, and the difference is when you're talking about uh, fighting with guns and knives. The difference is there's a force vector there, and, and there's a, a great James Edwards. I can't think of his name, but he made a great point, and that's this. If you and I are fighting, I can block your punch, okay? I can take a block. Or if I miss and you hit me, chances are maybe I can take a punch. You know, maybe you might not knock me out if you hit me with a punch. But when you start talking about fighting with weapons, from steel 
up into bullets. Those are force vectors. Now, if, if we're fighting with knives or we're fighting even with sticks and I swing, this is a force vector, okay? This, this plane is a force vector. If you're in that plane and I have a knife, you're fucked. Bodies cannot take that. If you, yeah. if you throw your arm up, even if I've got a knife this long, I will cut through both your bones. I will cut your fucking hand off. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about guns, you're even more fucked. Yeah. So it's force vectors, and it's a different way of looking at fighting. You know, when you're talking about hand-to-hand martial arts, you can take a hit. You can block. You can use that block to parry. You can use that block to pull into an attack. But when you start talking about fighting with weapons, you, the only way you can survive is to not be there. Yeah. So Not get hit. Right. Not get cut. Exactly. And, and so it, it's just it's that whole thing of the mindset of being able to accept you're in a fight, accept the conditions you're in, and deal with it. And the people who can do that generally are because they understand the fact that they're not fucking invincible. Mm-hmm. Nobody's a badass. Everybody can get hit, knocked out, shot, stabbed, whatever, no matter what your level of training. So when you talk about being backstage with a bunch of guys who spend their lives understanding that no matter how good you are, no matter how good your ego is, you know, you have to keep that in check. Everybody gets checked early. Nobody starts out the baddest motherfucker ever. You get a few guys like John Jones that come in with exceptional athleticism and they do really, really good right away. But even then, like you look at the Gustafson fight, even he meets a guy one right. day that hands him, a, you know, a, a handful. And th- that's also the training that a guy goes through. It softens the ego. It, 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 it changes the ego's impact on, on your consciousness. Where your ego will fucking lie to you if you don't get any tests. Right, yeah. If you don't get any real tests in life, your ego will have you all sorts of pumped up. All sorts of confused about your abilities. I've had conversations with people that, you know, I'm going to fucking kick this fucking dude's ass. And, you know, you, you just want to just, you want to stop time and pull them aside and say, do you understand what you're even saying? Because you don't really just kick a guy's ass. Because if you kick my ass, I'm coming back tomorrow with a bat. Right. Okay. Or a gun yes. or my friends. Right. And we're going to fuck you up. I'm not just taking an ass kicking from some piece and of that's, shit. And that's the difference between when you're talking about sport. You know, UFC, blah, 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 this or that. And on the street in real life is, it's it's funny. I, I had a, a friend of mine that was a Marine. And he was an auto worker. The guy had done like six years in the Marines. He went to be an auto worker. And he, we were drinking a bar all the time. But he said something to me probably 10 or maybe 10 years ago. It's always stuck with me. He said, you know what? Nobody's a badass. It just comes down to a question of will. You know what? Because if Brock Lesnar whipped my motherfucking ass, which he would every day, twice on Sunday, but if I had the will to do whatever the fuck that was required to do something evil to him, if I was willing to go to prison, if I was willing to give up my life, you know what? Something bad would happen to him. Right. And, and if a, you stay alive. Yes, exactly. If I lived, if I survived. Right. Now, right. And, and, but here's the point. The point is, it goes back to will. Most people, most normal human being people, you know, don't think like that. But, here's, but here, if you look at every fucked up story in this country, 
when it comes to, oh, my God, this guy did something terrible. Or, oh, my God, look at how fucked up this is. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to somebody saying, I don't give a fuck. Well, somebody recognizing what the situation actually is and then acting. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, every every gangster, like, criminal motherfucker who's got 40 bodies on him, you know. I mean, if you've watched, uh, what's the movie down in Miami? Cocaine Cowboys. (laughs) And two. Yeah. Dose. Well, well, two was pretty fucking amazing. What are you talking about? Griselda's still alive after all that shit? Well, she got smoked in Columbia in 2012. Um, Yeah, 2012. But the bitch got out of jail before she got killed. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, she was she was How dare you disrespect Griselda? (laughs) Fuck Griselda. (laughs) That crazy bitch. She's a fucking, oh. Oh, Griselda Blanco. But the guy that I was impressed by was the the other dude, the hitman. The hitman. guy. In prison. Yeah, Yeah, and it was was, his thing was, you know what? He's not a tough guy. Yeah. He's a fucking killer. Yeah. You know, he's not trying to fight you. Right. You know, he, he, he'll he wait for you to go home, fall asleep in your bed, and he'll come in your house and he'll kill everyone in your fucking house. Well, you know, another example of the distorted perception of people's invulnerability is the Iceman. Kuklinski? Yeah, that guy, I'm still kind of curious as to how much of his shit was real. Really? Think he bullshitted a lot? I think he had a lot of bullshitter in him. That That was at least my... That was the feeling I got by his interviews. Let's Google Iceman bullshit, Ice, and we hope we don't get any Chuck Liddell. <laughs> but no, I mean, watching his interviews, uh, that was a feeling I got. I, I, I got the feeling he was a braggart. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, nothing on the first page. That's oh, fair. Iceman. I mean, hey, maybe I'm completely fucking full wrong. of bullshit. Let's try. It's full of bullshit. Richard Klinsky. He's 100% full of shit. Oh, that's the wrong ice fan. That's that guy from uh, the gay guy who got fat. He's not gay. I'll tell you what, though, man. You got to admit, I mean, he had some legit roles. Okay, this is one one of the guys saying. Hard um, to beat Tombstone. He's saying Kuklinski is dangerous and has killed, but not to the extent that he claimed. He did not murder uh, Galante, Costello, or DeMeo. He claimed to have worked with DeMeo, but it, apparently it's bullshit. I don't know. Apparently he exaggerated some things. Well, he's probably a fucking crazy guy. I mean, yeah. he, he was no, a murderer I mean, that's, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, absolutely, I don't deny that. But I, I do get the feeling that, and I think that happens a lot. Um, there's some, if you go to the FBI, I think it's FBI.gov on YouTube channel. It's like YouTube slash FBI, whatever. They have a series of interviews with this asshole who was a serial killer, right? And uh, he he they caught him in Alaska, I think, but he killed over ten or ten or fifteen years, like eight or nine people, something like that. He ended up killing himself, hanging himself in a jail cell. And the but they had they put on YouTube the FBI did the fucking interviews with him sitting in the thing. And what's crazy? Two things that are crazy is one is they're sitting here and they're talking to this guy. And they're explaining to him why these other police departments are being assholes about jurisdiction and this and that and why they're holding up certain things. It sounds like he's buying a house and the fucking realtor's trying to explain to him, you know, why it's taking longer because they haven't got their clearances. But anyway, but this dude is, it kind of looks like him. Hmm. Not being an asshole. Hmm. But he's thin, you know, kind of right. long hair. No, you know, good, lo- good looking cat. You know, someone's gay. No, I'm just oh, there telling. he is. Is that him? Yes. Wow, that does look like you, Jamie. Right? Told you, dog. Is that what you should do? 
2012, Jamie wasn't working for me in June of 2012. <laughs> Were you in Alaska, bro? <laughs> Did you hang yourself in jail? <laughs> I may have been in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I watched some. Uh, I, but, I, but here's what's so freaky about this motherfucker. He didn't know his victims, didn't stalk them. He had a murder kit hidden in a he, – he was on the West Coast. He had property from when he was a kid or something like that in uh, New York that his family had left him or whatever. He stashed a murder kit in New York, and the murder kit had, like, uh, tape, uh, fucking gloves, uh, rope, all this other kind of shit. He was living on the West Coast the whole fucking time. He flew back to New York, and evidently he had seen or, or, or seen some kind of house or whatever, but he flies back to New York, kills two people, man and wife, disposes of their body just mysteriously, and then flies back. They didn't catch him until like 10 or 15 years later. So he did this several times? Yes. So and his his MO was that he, he would did not pick know. Someone. Yeah, he would just pick random. And his victims had nothing in common. How'd they catch him? Uh, he, I think a chick got away from him. Ooh. Yeah, in Alaska. Well, there was one guy, I don't know if it's the same guy in Alaska, that would uh, fly women out. He would tell them that he was going to fly them, like pay like prostitutes, fly them out to a place where they're going to get their freak on. And uh, and then he would tell them, like, listen, you have one hour, and in one hour, I'm going to come find you, and I'm going to shoot you and kill you. Stop so, it. Yeah. So good luck. Take care. You got one hour. Ready, go. Or whatever it was. Uh, the, Holy Whatever the shit. amount of time was. And he would go hunting for women. And he killed several. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll pull that up. Would Alaska. he kill the ones that he was like, or just like random ones, or would he kill the ones like he was at after? Oh, the ones he was after. He would, he would bring I, them if, up there. If somebody said that to me, I would be like, where's the nearest fucking police station? Because you won't get me out of there. His name is Robert Hansen. And uh, he's an American serial killer. He was born in 1939. Robert Hansen. And he killed between 17 and 21 women near Anchorage, Alaska. He was convicted in 1983 and is okay. currently serving 461 years in Spring Creek Correctional Center. He's alive? In Seward, Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In uh, 1983, 17-year-old Cindy Paulson escaped from him while he was trying to load her into his Piper Super Club, which is uh, apparently is a airplane type of, a type yeah. of jet that lands. Yeah, and an uh, he was uh, loading her into this uh, airplane, and she escaped and uh, she told police that she had been offered two hundred dollars to perform oral sex, but when she got into the hey, car, two hundred dollars in Alaska in like nineteen eighty, yeah, that's it's like you eight know. beavers. See, <laughs> he pulled a gun on her and drove her to his hometown of Muldoon, and there he took her captive, uh, torturing, raping, and sexually assaulting her. He mentioned that she mentioned that after uh, he chained her by the neck to a post in the house's basement. He took a nap on a nearby couch, and when he awoke, he put her in his car and took her to the Merrillfield Airport, where he told her that he intended to take her out to his cabin, which was a meat shack on the Nick River area of uh, Matanuska Valley, accessible only by boat or bush plane. That's the gangster move, right? Because they can't get out. They can't go anywhere. And uh, crouched in the back seat of the car with her wrists cuffed behind her body, she waited until Hanson was busy loading the airplane's cockpit to make a run for it. And while Hanson's back was turned, she crawled out of the back seat, opened up the driver's side door, and took off running near 6th Avenue. 
uh, nearby 6th Avenue. She told police that she had uh, left her blue sneakers on the passenger side floor, the sedan's back seat, as evidence that she'd been in the car. So the um, they they pulled them over. They found it. They Jesus. found her her uh, her her. You know they they uh, pulled over the truck and uh, found her sneakers and knew that she was telling the truth. It's you know what's fucked shit. up? If you go back and you look, I mean, there's a ton of stories like that, man. Yeah. I've never heard of that one. And I generally, I mean, I'm not like a serial killer freak or anything, but I mean, I pay attention to like certain things. But I've never heard that story. And I guarantee if you look back, you could probably find a hundred more like it. Different things, maybe not that many people, but three or four, one or two, whatever. But it goes back to my opinion that, you know what, there are fucking monsters out there, bro. Yeah. Well, this guy was a hunting champion. I mean, there there are fucking people out there. They're legit monsters. And, and this guy was a monster. He was a monster. He loved to kill things. He yeah. was a world. He was a hunting champion. He, he had established uh, several documented records in the uh, Pope and Young Book of World Hunting Records. So this guy was like, he was a legit hunter, but it was not exciting enough to him. So he had decided that you know what he was Hunt into women. was hunting women. Yeah, he's it's a scary, scary, scary thing. And you look at the motherfucker. His name is Robert Hansen. Google it on uh, on uh, Wiki. That's Wiki, crazy yeah. because Robert Hansen is the same guy who was a spy for uh, the FBI. Was he? Yeah, Robert Hansen was a spy for I want to say FBI counterterrorist. Same same dude. No, good. No, Google Robert Hansen <laughs> FBI. That's not the same guy. Robert Hansen. That's the uh, I'm sure that's the FBI guy. Robert Hansen on Wikipedia. H a n s e n, that's him. That's what a creepy the creepy fuck? fuck. Killed twenty one women, at least, at least twenty one. Well, if they women. clipped him for twenty one, you know it's more. Yeah, between seventeen and twenty one is the number that they're, they're. But that's that's true. But then sometimes well, it's not sometimes like Henry it's Lee the Lucas. other. Yeah, right. Because yeah. they do the shit where they write off every unsolved on Earth and chalk yeah. it up to them. Henry yeah. Portrait of a Serial Killer. Did you ever see that documentary? Uh, not documentary. It was a, a docudrama. It was a yeah. A, I don't do docudramas. I hate that shit. It was based on the Henry Lee Lucas, who yeah. was this uh, weird drifter that randomly killed people and confessed to a shitload of crimes. Did they? Who's the guy they really never got? Was it the Green River Killer? They never got the Zodiac Killer. Zodiac. Who they never never got. got the Zodiac guy. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of different theories on who that guy was from. A mathematician to you know various high intellect people. That's some creepy shit. I mean, do you think the guy went to prison, or you think he's dead? I don't know. They don't quit, right? Most of them don't quit, but who knows what makes someone start, ready, go, and who knows whether or not they can ready stop. You know, some people can stop drinking. Some people they don't need Alcoholics Anonymous. Some people quit heroin. You know, I don't know. Maybe you know. I've always wondered. I've always wondered that if you were gonna do. And it's been a fucking plot on a million television shows. But it's the idea that, okay, if you're going to off somebody for whatever reason, if you make them fourth in a series of six, yeah, all of a sudden now it's not an assassination. Right. It's a serial killing. Well, the other thing they say is that if it's random, if you just pick random people, if you just pull into a gas station, you know, uh, right. go up, hey, can I get a pack of gum? Boom. Like, sure. There's that. Where it's almost impossible to solve. It's crazy. No like, if you look at unsolves in, like, certain cities like Chicago, D.C., other things, it's, like, 70% unsolved homicides. Yeah. Because, dude, I'll tell you what, there's a, fun, there's a phenomenal book you ought to read. 
Did you ever watch the movie? Or you've seen The Wire, the yes. television show The Wire. I, I've only seen actually the first couple episodes. Oh, what? I never, I never kept watching it. Oh, I know. Fuck. Oh, man. I failed culturally. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm not, and I don't. I'm not saying that to be a Breaking Bad Are you a hipster. Type, I'm not a Breaking Bad type prick. Who Breaking Bad's amazing. No, watch the first season. You didn't like it? The wire is way better. No. The How wire gives it the six. Both of you can suck suck each no. dick uh, no. because uh, I, I think that Game of Thrones can conquer all of them. Why? How hard is it to Dragons, write a series where everyone chicks, dies? Doesn't matter. Dragons, How hard is that? Everyone dies. Dragons. The end. Pussy, Come back next sword season. Fights, we'll sword give fights. you new people to love so we can kill them. How about zombies? Do you like uh, Walking Dead? Not so much. How dare you? Not so How much. Dare you? You know, it's decent, but. It's okay. What okay? Here's your question on <laughs> zombies. As long as you're doing zombies, loved the book World War Z. I thought it was fucking amazing. Love that book. That's interesting. I thought it was kind of slow. Really? I got it out there. Yeah, I thought the book was kind of slow. No shit. Yeah. What did you think about the movie? Well, Brad Pitt is a beautiful man, and uh, he's got excellent symmetry. <laughs> and uh, his wife, I thought, was very tastefully chosen. I thought it was interesting uh, that the violence was, uh, you know, really like so sort of like non-impactful. You know, it's like the coolest thing about the whole fucking movie, literally, was the Rangers at the airplane. For you, no, that was You're legit. Into that shit. No, You're no, into but, that but no, but no, but the one, shit. no, but where the dude was <laughs> like, "Hey, look, fuck you, we're gonna get you the plane." <laughs> right. I hope it's worth it. Right. That's legit, dude. That is legit. As is the fucking pyramid of zombies, and they tried to cry out. That was gay. Climb up the wall of Jerusalem. That was fucking gay. How dare you? Have you ever gay is in what way? A bunch have of dudes you ever read the ass? Have or, you ever uh, read the book? Uh, it's not violent. Twenty eight days later, zombies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that slow, shambling, never ending onslaught. You that, mean World War Z? The book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. That's what's so fucking terrifying, and that's what to me that was what made the book cool. I disagree. I prefer the twenty eight days later sprinting really? zombie. That's my kind of zombie. New age freak. That fucking New age World freak. War Z book slash you know Walking Dead. Listen, I'll fuck those zombies up. Those bitches are never catching me. But here's the thing. They never get tired. Yeah, that's true. They never give up. But you can figure out a way to get into a house, it doesn't shut ma- the door, it doesn't take a matter. Nap, they never give up. And that's, bolt that, that door down. Have that, to me, was the coolest. And don't get me wrong. I think Max Brooks is a self-important prick. How dare you? I'm just telling you. First of all, how dare you? You don't even know Max. He's I don't swell, know Max, but I've watched, a, I've watched a lot of interviews with him. Is he a dick? In my opinion. Whoa. I could be wrong. He might, he might be the be nicest wrong. guy in the world. He might be tired of giving interviews. Could be. But, you know, he's Mel Brooks' son, so he was rich before he started. Also tired of people asking him about his dad being Mel Brooks and yeah, how much true. of an impact that had on his career. That might be fine. But, hey, if the checks roll good, I'll be nice to you. Do you know who Joe Hill is? No. He's Stephen King's son, but he changed his name to Joe Hill, so he didn't ride on the coattails of Stephen King. Smart he's man. He's an amazing author. Great author. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. And, by the way, same genre as Stephen King. Really? Horror movies, horror books. Great, great, great stuff. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's he's really interesting. One of my favorite authors. And he's Stephen King's son. <laughs> it's incredible. But he's Joe Hill. Yeah. You know, and I think well, that's... he's got his own following now. Smart move. Yeah. You know, when you're Max Brooks... Brooks. Yeah. Brooks. Mel Brooks? Sure. Mel Brooks' son? You're right. Mel Brooks' son? Look at you. You've grown up so much. <laughs> I've known you since you were a little boy. Oh, my goodness. Mel Brooks' son is here, honey. Come here. But like Come ev- in. Every interview I've seen with that dude, like, I'm a big book TV freak. You right. know, C-SPAN, all that bullshit. I watch all that stuff. 28 Days Later, Zombies and Rule. 
Yes. Especially when you look at the production of that. That movie, how they did that. 28 Days Later. It's sick. They run. They gave them like fucking, they made that movie with like $88 and a mm-hmm. fucking credit card. Yeah, they just shut down London for a day and they got their major shot and that was it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everything else was filmed on an iPhone. I think Those that, fucking guys are gangster. I think 28 Days Later Zombies are the scariest. The ones that run. Rage Virus, absolutely. Run. They run. They're freaky, but at the same time, like uh, I read a book, oh, Steve, not Stephen Pressfield, um, I can't think of that guy's name. But he makes an interesting argument that if you look at zombies like locusts, imagine millions of them. Think about this. Now, if if you have a life form that – I can't believe we're getting this deep into fucking zombies. We're deep in zombies. But think about it. Okay, New York City, perfect example. Mm -hmm. Seven million people in New York City, right? Now, they all turn to zombies. They don't die. You know, so they got to go somewhere, and they're going to search out food. The one instinct they have is go to food. Where are you going to go? You're going to go north. You're going to go south. If you can get off the fucking island. So anyway, so now you come south. Say they come south. Now they come through all the East Coast, Philadelphia, Virginia, all the bullshit. They come around the Alleghenies. Where are they going to go? They're going to go west. Now as as they come, they keep picking people up. Perfect example is you look at the locusts, the great locust plagues. You know, do the locusts starved to death no because they go to the next fucking field they keep going so now imagine this yes you can be the biggest badass in the world with all the fucking weapons you want but now you're overran with millions of something no matter what it is imagine it was millions of rats fuck zombies but i mean millions of (sighs) anything you're fucked fuck bro it's scary scary that was what that was the cool part about max brooks's book is that he got that across. Is he got across that that feeling of humanity, you know, even if you win, you almost lose. Because you can kill them, but every time you lose a person, it's a win for the enemy. Right. It, it's not the fact that you lost one. It's the fact that you lost one and they gained one. Right. So you do that times 100,000, that's a two hundred thousand. It's like gambling. That's a two hundred thousand swing. You know, you're down a hundred. They're up a hundred. Right, right, right. So, but but that idea of that relentless, never ending, just constant. You know, to me, that is a different feeling in that fiction world, of course, than the whole rage zombie thing. Yeah, the rage the rage thing is scarier on film because it's like motherfuckers flipping out at you from nowhere. Mm-hmm. But it's that shambling, never ending. You know, okay, you want to kill 5,000 of us? Okay. Eventually, your rifle barrel is going to wear out before we do. Kill as many as you want. I feel like the outlaw Josie Wales with a Gatling gun from 1865. Out of the back of a wagon. The barrels would melt, The barrels would melt. Or you would just go inside and take it off. Speaking of which, speaking of which, if if that's not one of the best movies ever in the history of life, I'm going to send these boys on a Missouri boat ride. <laughs> Joey Diaz has probably seen that movie three hundred times. Fucking Joey Diaz will call me up. Have you ever seen the movie Jeremiah Johnson? Yes, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I just turned it. I just turned our buddy Austin on to that movie. There's something about those the movies from that era 
you know, that were just that, so That was my point going back. so amazing. That was my original point. The goddamn man shit. Look mm. at the movies we're talking about. Jeremiah Johnson, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Fuck yeah. I mean, when they're fucking about to jump Smokey off that mountain. and the Bandit, son. I mean, Smokey and the Bandit is very manly. But when, when it's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are about to jump off that cliff, and they're like, can you swim? No, it doesn't matter. The fall is going to probably kill you kill anyway. Kill you anyway. Just fucking exactly. jump, bitch. And the end of that <laughs> motherfucker, that's probably the coolest end of any movie. When those Other fucking, than Flashdance. I'm not a Flashdance guy, bro. <laughs> but I remember okay. Butch and Sundance when they go out of that Showgirl. Fucking... How about other than Showgirls? The only thing I remember about Showgirls is when she got the guy off through his pants. Hmm. Interesting. I remember yeah. this. <laughs> Why are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. How fucking gangster is that? Redford and Newman in their fucking prime. Oh, 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 wow. Dude, that's got nothing on Jeremiah Johnson. I just watched it and the end there's a sequence in Jeremiah Johnson where it's Robert Redford in the fucking Rockies in Utah before he bought uh the Sundance Park City thing. And the way that movie got made was the director, uh, what's his name, Sidney Pollock, I think Sidney Pollock, put up his fucking house to borrow the money to make the to make the movie, because they ran out of money, because the locations were so expensive. It's a great story, but what if he found a rich guy and sucked his dick for the money? It wouldn't be as good a story. Could be possible. You know what I'm saying? Like people make sacrifices. I don't and think people it worked. respect certain sacrifices. But you like Cindy Pollock found this rich guy and sucked his dick and got a hundred million dollars. Well, it would depend on how good the movie is. Depend on how good. His think dick about it. Now think about. Think it would depend on how good the movie. What if, if his dick sucking skills are terrible? If he made Jeremiah Johnson, I would be like, hey, fuck it. I respect that. Right. I respect the commitment. If he made, I don't know, Ishtar, I would be like, he's a fool. <laughs> but like. I hope that load was weak. I hope it was a very like the third load of the day, to where it was just like dust. It was just a confusing just dust. taste. To where what? it was like, you know, it didn't even it didn't even go from hard to soft. It was just kind of, eh. yeah, you know, just halfway kinda, there. Yeah, it was like a fucking cookie load. There was nothing violent or passionate about nah, it. Just like ah, fuck. Oh, look at that picture. The producer's like, God damn it, another one. Frozen dudes are scary. Yeah. Hatchet Jack. That's Hatchet Jack. The scariest shit to me is when they uh, show those photographs of guys who tried to climb Everest and failed, and they find their bodies face down. Like, the first guy that there's ever mother- climbed Everest is still there. There's motherfuckers on Everest been there forever, and oh, will yeah. be there. The first guy to climb Mount Everest yeah. is there. They will be there. Yeah. That was actually That was actually one of my uh, little fucking, uh, what was I saying? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? God damn it. The... Uh, Examples of manhood? No. Um, niche. Like niche. a niche. niche. Uh, it's a niche or niche? No. The uh, subculture, God subculture. damn it. Subculture, right. Subculture, which is that, uh, the Himalayan over 8,000 uh, meter climbers. But, yeah, I mean. frozen into the ground. There's, it, they leave them up there. There's hundreds of them. Yeah, but the fucked up thing about Everest is that it's basically, it's like Disneyland. Yeah. It's a fucking tourist park. You could go climb Everest next year if you wanted to. I mean, you you pay a guy 15 grand. You roll up there, they give you your shit, and if you make it, you make it, and if not, fuck it. They send you back down to keep your money. <sighs> wow, the dude. freaky shit is fucking K2. 
That's worse. K2 is like the killerest mountain in the world. There's an article from 2012 where they're trying to reclaim the dead uh, from Everest. This is, uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, if you read what's Ed Viesters, V-I-E-S-T-U-R-S, Ed Viesters, there's like seven or eight guys who have climbed every mountain over 8,000 meters. Uh, there's 14 of them. 14 mountains in the world that are higher than uh, 14,000 meters. There's seven or eight guys who've climbed them all. Um, Ed Viesters is an American. He's climbed them all without oxygen. He's climbed oh, them for Jesus. He's a fucking gangster. He's from Seattle area. But, uh, Shadow area? Seattle. Oh, I thought you said sh- w- West Coast. Shadow area. West Coast. I was like, is this more soldier or fortune type yeah. talk? West Coast, Seattle. Um, but, do you know why? Because when you live in Seattle and it rains all the time, you'll, you'll be willing to risk your life for shit. I think it was Rainier. But he's got an interesting, uh, yeah, right there. That's him. What's crazy is he talks about, I've, got, I've read that book. That's a great book. But what he talks about is like there was a couple of climbs he was on where he turned back. And he, he got, like the first time I think he was on Everest, it was Everest or K2. He was like six or 700 meters from the top, and he turned around. And he said, you know, because, you know, if you don't come down alive, it doesn't count. Right. And that's part of, that's what gets a lot of guys killed. Right. They it, just need to it, pull it off. Exactly. They get within that 1,000 meters, <sighs> and a lot of guys will set uh, turnaround times to where they have, a, like, if, if it's a drop-dead time. If you're not on the summit by 2 o'clock, if you're one fucking foot from it, you come back. Because you have to build in time for shit to go wrong. Right. And if you don't, you die. A lot of guys die. How many guys have jerked off on the top of Everest? I want to be the first. You think anybody ever has? I don't know. I'd like to be numero uno. 15 grand, you could give it a shot. That's all? Yeah. What do I get out of it? You think how much... Uh, cl- like- think you could take a phone? Like... <laughs> But then, what would right you, into the lens. but then what would you jack off to? You'd be like, you have to have uh, two phones. Point. What, is that? what are all those bodies? That's the line of people. That's Waiting the Everest. to go up? Yes. Oh, that's ridiculous. Well, that's, it's, it's a, it's it's a passe fu- now. It is, exactly. That's insane. It is. This, this but thing K- we're looking at is like a line at Disneyland. Yes. It is like a line at Disneyland. But K2 is different in the fact that there's been three, I mean, there's been a lot of years when no one summits K2. There are 200 between 200 and 233 bodies up on Everest. Google K2. See how many see how many people summited K2 this year. I'm fascinated by goals like that and the goals of climbing all the mountains, all the over 30,000 mountain range. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 absolutely fascinated by like goals like these big lofty goals that only a few people have ever achieved. Like, sure. One of them is uh the do you know what the super slam is? The Super Slam is uh, for big game hunters. It's, Lion, it's everything. elephant. Everything in North America. All the oh, big game Oh, it's North animals. America. Okay. The North American game animals, the Super Slam. So is it's a sheep? Brown bear, black bear, grizzly bear, polar bear. By brown bear, Alaska polar brown bear? bear? Yeah. Brown bear and grizzly bear are the Cl- same, same thing, right? Same thing. Yeah. So this this might have been established. It might be that they're treat, they, they, they treat the brown bear different than the grizzly bear. There's polar bears in North America? Grizzly Canada, bear. I guess? 
Yes, Canada. Okay. The um, North America brown bear and and grizzly bear, according to Steve Rinella, the difference is the grizzlies inland and the brown bears on the coast. Okay. And ground, brown bears actually grow larger, much too popular or much too uh, the, the, what most people don't. Are grizzlies understand. meaner? They're all mean as fuck. It brown bears on, in general. Brown bears just get more protein. They're getting uh, salmon on a regular basis. Massive. Is that why massive they're bigger quantity. than black bears? Salmon, caribou, moose—they get everything. The the massive amounts of salmon they get is fucking tremendous. Um, grizzly, polar bear, and then with cats, it's a cougar, and they might even add jaguar. You know, there is a real issue. South with America. Jaguars. No, North America. Get the fuck out of here. Jaguars are entering through Mexico into North God America. Goddamn illegal now. fucking cats, bro. Not only are the illegal cats <laughs> illegal traveling fucking cats. the same roads that drug dealers are traveling. Jesus Christ, they're, they're probably, them. you know what, they're probably fucking strapping cocaine to these jaguars. Right in their assholes. Right in their assholes. Imagine how much you would pay for the cocaine that came out <laughs> of a jaguar, jaguar of an ass. <laughs> it would be worth so much more than regular cocaine. <laughs> yeah, man, this cocaine came from a drug mill. Stop. This cocaine came out of a jaguar's asshole. asshole. This is the jaguar. Like, it's caught on a trail right, cam. All right, you See the duct tape on his 200 asshole? 200 a gram. 200 grams. It's some real shit. <laughs> They're starting to find them in uh, especially New Mexico and Arizona. They're starting to find jaguars that have made their way from uh, uh, from Mexico. Big fucking cats. 200 plus pounds. Giant. I didn't think jaguars got that big. I thought no. jaguars were like house like bobcats and no, shit. No, 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 no. Jaguars are enormous. They're much bigger than mountain lions. Fifty pounds. What? On a, a, a mountain lion's a fucking cougar, bro. Yeah, jaguars are bigger. Cougars jaguars scare are the shit. If I could have any pet on earth and not have it kill me, <laughs> it would be a cougar. Apparently, pound for pound, jaguars are the most powerful cats. Really? Yeah, they're really fucking. They're like the, they're, they're like drag shit up in trees, right? They kill it and then drag it up in the tree. They eat crocodiles. Get out of here. Do you ever see a jaguar go after a crocodile? No. Pull up jaguar. Jaguar's kills black, Cayman. right? It's like a panther, right? No, no. They sometimes are black, but the, most of the time they are blonde with black spots, but sometimes the spots cover their entire body and they become black. It's just a genetic predisposition or a, you know, a genetic choice. Just Fuck. like some dogs are black, some dogs sure. are white. Yeah, that's how it is. And uh, the black ones are the fucking scariest shit ever in the jungle of the Amazon. They're called panthers, right? They are the same thing. Is no, that what a Florida panther is? A panther is? is a puma is a mountain lion. A oh, jaguar okay. is a larger cat. It's so a it's larger, a different fucking cat. animal. Yeah, they're spotted. They're spotted, but the black ones, look at this motherfucker. Get out of here. That's jaguar. That's, that's, a, that's not bigger than a cougar, that's bro. That's a 200-pound cat, my friend. That's not a cougar. Mm, America's bigger. much Check bigger this. than that. No, incorrect. That's a 200-pound jaguar, and that jaguar is going to kill If he snatches up this crocodile fucking crocodile, I'll And he ass. bites it with one punch, one punch to the back of the head. These motherfuckers hunt everything that lives. Everything. Anything that walks on the ground, occasionally, this jaguar eats. He eats everything in the Amazon. Look at this motherfucker making a run for this thing. Making a run for a crocodile. What does a crocodile do? Panics! Well, yeah, nope. I mean, what the fuck would you do? You don't you know what would happen if you that, ran at a crocodile? Nothing. The crocodile yeah, would, would open me. its mouth and eat Everybody, you. thank you, dinner. But the crocodile sees this jaguar is like, no, fuck this shit, bitch! Look at this, this jaguar. He's just dragging it out of the fucking yep. lake. It's eating a crocodile, man. Do you understand the significance of this? That's a crocodile he killed with his face. <laughs> he doesn't even fucking live in the water. Could you imagine how strong you would have to be to carry something that weighs as much as you do out of the water? Look at the look on his face. Look how he's biting this thing. He's I'm biting tired, it in I'm the tired, jaw. Tired of your shit. He's biting it through its tired jaw. Tired of shit I haven't eaten since Wednesday. Yeah, and they also have the ability to pull those things apart with their face. 
Look at the eyes on that motherfucker. Cats have the most murderous, evil, soulless eyes. Cats are legit murderers, man. They're killers, stone killers. And it's in the water. This Even house doing cats. This. Yeah, I have a sweetie, sweetie cat that I've had sure for 16 years. Yeah. She just killed a bird the it's other day. She's killed a million birds you don't know about. She just killed one the other day, it's right? It's got in front a of fucking me. shrine underneath your couch. <laughs> look at this. It's B- a bird made out of bird this feathers. Thing is biting On into On top the of its skull. head. Right through, right through the, the skull, eyes. Carrying it around. There's a, shit. there's a whole series of jaguars. How the fuck? But I mean, does he like get them from the bottom? Just tr- tr- rips them apart slowly but surely. It's dead already. Now it's a matter of just opening it up. The j- the jaguar is so strong with his jaws. Speaking of stone killers, have you got any more hunting this year? Or what's the word? I'm going next month. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to uh, Wisconsin. Gonna go shoot some some deer. Yeah. Holla. And then when I come back in uh, late late uh, winter, I'm gonna go uh, shoot a buffalo in Texas. They just stand there. We ought to go shoot hogs, bro. That's a meat run. I got a guy in Texas who's got a ranch. Let's do it. Seriously. You tell me when. No, yeah. Let's do it. uh, I I can hook it up. Okay. It's done. I mean, it's nuisance game down there, so it's just a matter of going down smoke them We've talked about it many times. One of my favorite shows is Pigman. Pigman's a show on the Sportsman's Channel, and uh, him and Ted Nugent shot hogs out of a helicopter. That would be a heat. One time they killed 250 in a day. The next time it was... More than four hundred. Two hundred fifty. More than four hundred in the last. You, know, you want to know what's funny? Apocalypse now. Part ta- do. I was talking to my buddy. It's a guy who knows a guy down in Texas. He's like, "Yeah, man, we've been talking about it forever. We're gonna take like fifty pounds of tannerite." <laughs> what's tannerite? It sounds bad. You know what tannerite is? Show him what tannerite is. Google tannerite. tannerite. Check this out. Jesus Christ. So this is the uh, what we were talking about. This is to finish the super slam. These are the these are the animals: Alaskan brown bear, black bear, grizzly bear, polar bear, cougar, Columbia black-tailed deer. Dude, that's coos- like a hundred thousand dollars worth of hunts. More than that: coos deer, mule deer, sicka deer, white-tailed deer, Rocky Mountain elk, Roosevelt elk. Oh my god! Elk, stop. Two yeah, elk. Way more. Barren ground caribou, Central Canadian barren ground caribou, mountain caribou, Quebec Labrador caribou, woodland caribou, Alaskan Yukon moose, Canadian you, moose. You gotta Shiraz kill eighty moose. caribou. Bison, musk ox. A musk ox is a North American game animal. Stop now it. I've heard everything. Uh, American mountain goat, pronghorn it's antelope. It's obvious outfitters are making this. California list. big sheep, doll sheep, desert bighorn sheep, Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep, stone sheep, uh, Atlantic walrus. These are the auxiliary animals. Auxiliary. J- auxiliary. They get the jaguar is in there Fuck. and Pacific walrus. That's all oh, of them. No, who the fuck is going to shoot a walrus? Anybody here's where I draw that's got a line. A gun who needs to shoot hey, that walrus? I, here's where I draw a line, man. I, I'm not. I dig hunting. That's fine. I'm not a hunter because I don't have the patience for it. Um, but I respect it. I understand that hunters pay for their whole. Hunters are the whole fucking reason most of this shit. What is this? Yes, yes, Tannerite. This is like it's in a Bacardi bottle. Hillbilly Express. Okay, and so I'm assuming it's an explosive. Yes, it is. Okay, so this guy backs way up. Yes. And detonates it. Tannerite is a binary explosive. Mm. To where you put these two things together, and then it's detonated. It has to be, the only way it can be set off is by, see? It's completely fucking legal. You can buy it in the mail. Really? But it's a binary explosive, and the fact that the only way it can be set, you can set fire to it, you can set electricity to it. You can fucking jump up and down on it. The only way it will get set off is if it's penetrated by a round going almost 3,000 feet per second. So you have to hit it with a rifle round. 
hmm. and, and that will set it off. But otherwise, it's, it's completely absolutely. Is it legal just because people don't know about it? Like there was a psychedelic kind drug, kind of, yeah, sort of. There was but, the most powerful psychedelic drug ever that was legal for the longest time. Really, they missed it in the sweeping. Psychedelic was that like act some shit out of a human pituitary gland from a fucking male baby with one eye? Similar, but no. It's uh, called 5-methoxy-dimethyltryptamine. And 5-methoxy-dimethyltryptamine, 5-MeO-dimethyltryptamine. So you got like a big stash of that pre-band shit somewhere? <laughs> if you want to meet, if you, you want to meet, meet Odin, I can bring you to Odin's chambers if you truly want to meet him. Um, yeah, Are you they, still doing that uh, tank shit? It. Oh, yeah. I got one in my basement. Yeah? Yeah. Want to try it? Fuck no, that scared the shit. Don't be scared, homie.com. No, I'm telling you, bro. No, this tank's not scary. The the tank's easy to fade. It's great on your body. feels good. It's relaxing. Um, You're into this whole fucking self, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I know better. You know better? (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to dig deep? I have no desire to get up in that fucking mess. Well, um, the uh, the tank thing for me is is a big part of, like, every day. It's a big part of life. No shit. Big part of thinking. Yeah, the tank is where I sort it all out. How often do you use it? Well, it's in my basement. So, yeah. you know, well, I've got a lot of shit in my fucking <laughs> within arm's reach. <laughs> I used it, the last time I used it was two days ago. Yeah. It was great. How long do you use it for? A few hours. I like to go in for that two long. hours. No yeah. shit. That time, the time two days ago was fairly. Have you ever freaked out? Fairly, no. Have you ever been like, fuck this, fuck, how do I no, get out? No? No, 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 no. Every freak out that I've ever had has been a good one. I've learned from them. Every freak out that I've ever had, I'm like, well, what was bothering me? What was the freak Why out about? Why was I freaking out? Yeah, what was the freak out about? What weakness was, you know, was exposed by that freak out? What uh, imbalance? What what thing that I don't you like? Do, about I myself? mean, were you able to do that in the tank? Or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, got, you got a little carried away and then you backed off or what? It's all about breathing and perspective. It's all about keeping your breathing under control. Don't let panic breath. <laughs> like yeah. the, the the big thing about psychedelic trips that happen with a lot of people, whether they're naturally occurring psychedelic trips like a, a tank, meditation, or drugs, the big thing is you trying to control what's happening. And when you try to control what's that happening, that freaks you out worse. It's just you can't control it, bitch. Good luck. It's like going down a river, you know, like some crazy fucking. What is that? Airplane. Is that an airplane? Vacuum? How, why are they so yeah. What are they vacuuming vacuum? with? I think, I think it's an airplane with a vacuum on it. NSA, um, bro. If you're if you're going down a river and you know your 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 body's flailing and flailing around like, and you try to like control it, you can't control it. You know, if you're bouncing off rocks and shit, and you're completely out of control in the white waters, you can't control it. The difference between that and a psychedelic trip is that the psychedelic trip is actually not going to kill you. Whereas the the out of control feeling that you have in a river, there's it's inevitable. Like you 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 may get lucky and grab a branch on the way down, but you may also go off the waterfall and die. Sure. The difference between that and the psychedelic experience is there's nothing to worry about in the psychedelic experience, but it's just as much out of your control. So you have to be able to let go, and it's very 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 hard for people to do because you have to let go of all your perceptions about who you are, how you interface with the world, what your environment means to you, the 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 the, the, the circle but you know of friends. All, but I mean, you know all this shit going in, though, right? I learned all this shit yeah. going in, and I still don't so know. So what it. would oh, ha- I could I could freak out? What tomorrow. would happen if you just stuck someone in there? Like you stuck someone in there. It depends entirely on who that person. Like is. if they weren't prepared, if they just—it's like if you fucking threw in a hood tank? on them. Yeah, if you just threw a fucking hood on them, 
snatched them off the street, and they woke up in the tank. The tank is, well, that would be weird. That'd be like torture, wouldn't it? Well, no, it wouldn't be torture because you would move around. You would feel the water. You, you can't, it's not like your body doesn't move. The beautiful thing about the tank is- Basically, you got your own Guantanamo Bay in your basement. No, 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 no. It's way nicer than that. <laughs> It's there's no music blaring. There's no fucking Dogs. crazy assholes that are trying to fucking get you to t- talk about your time as a student in Pakistan. <laughs> there's none of that. The the, the tank. Did you watch is, Zero Dark Thirty? Yes. Yeah, I know you didn't like it because you're you know you're up on what all really the, happened. All that shit, the, but, you you're, you're but, fucked up by the suspension of disbelief. No, it? but I gotta tell you, it was the dude who was doing the questioning mm-hmm. was freaky. He was scary. Yeah, he was scary. Yeah, because he was so calm. Yeah, well, that's really like how those guys get. Yeah. They get very clinical. It was like, look, you know, you lied to me, yeah. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, and then with the with the fucking something else, I heard that I had never heard before was they were sticking them. My thing, dude, bugs, mm. bugs, even worse, fucking spiders. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll fight you. Okay, fine. But you put a fucking big ass spider right here, I'll scream like a bitch. There's some scary or I'll ass flip spiders. The, or I'll flip this fucking table over trying to kill it. <laughs> One or the other. But fucking spiders. Oh, I hate spiders. Mm. But that was one of the things, I guess, they played on the phobias of motherfuckers, was they would stick them in these fucking boxes filled with all kinds of bugs and Fear shit. Factor. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That was one of the reasons why I never watched Fear Factor. <laughs> Seriously. The bugs and the spiders and the bullshit. And I always thought, you know, like eating, you know, donkey balls and all that bullshit. I was like, I never could understand it because it's like, what did they win? Fifty grand? Mm-hmm. If they win, you have to make it to the finals. Right. How sweet, I looked back then. And, and then so they handsome. play. And then they play fucking taxes on it, so they make what? Thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah, thirty four thousand. Oh um, fuck you! But no, that's not even fair, bro. Some people did it, and they did it. That's but not listen, even fair. Let me tell you something. Stop. I guess I'm watching that. Let me tell you something. I ate one of those for free. Stop it. Yeah, me and Michael Yo. There was a TV show. It was one of those. What was that? Like that. Well, uh, Michael Yo was one of the. That was a um, African, uh, cave, African dwelling cave dwelling spider. <laughs> and Jesus me and Michael, Christ. we were uh, doing a promo for the new series of Fear Factor when it came back, and uh, we both uh, ate them. It was nothing. I ate it. It was nothing. It was just chewy. It was nothing. Believe me. If you gave me the option between that and uh, a ton of other shit that I've done in my life, I would take that all day. I'd eat that right in front of you right now. It's nothing. Huh. It's psychological. It is psychological. And that's what's crazy. It's just like. It's all psychological. Yeah, it, totally. I agree. I don't give a fuck, though. Well, that's like the tank. What's scary about the idea of the tank is only psychological. There's no tigers in there. There's yeah, no I mean, jaguars to, to in me, there. To me, the tank doesn't seem like it would freak me the fuck out. Well, you just said it would. No, no, I was saying it, it could. Like, if you took somebody and threw them in. No, personally, me, no, I don't think it would. It's great. You would love it. Personally, I don't think it would. I mean, for one thing, it's like I like being by myself. I, no, no, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I right, like, right. like, I spend a lot of time reading. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that, you know, if I don't have inter- social interaction every hour, I flip the fuck out. You know, yeah, this I is mean, me and Michael Yo. We're eating uh, these cave-dwelling spiders. Michael who the Yeo fuck is like, Michael Yo? He's uh, he's like an entertainment journalist, and he was actually on Fear Factor back way back in the day, like episode one, the first episode. Joe's like, we just ever pick it up, did. pick it up, and dip I'm it like, in some blue cheese. That's the thing. I got so used to like people eating bugs, and I got sh- I, I ate a bunch of shit. I ate a fucking. Were you ever just on the set and you were like, just saw a roach, and you were like. 
No, <laughs> no. Like an Asian girl? No, just pick no, it up no, and eat no, it? No. I'm not stupid. They had catering. They had really good food. <laughs> There's no need to do it. But it wasn't that it was something I wanted to do, but it's easy to do. It's really not that big a deal. So I give it to him. I'm holding on to two. I hand him one. And he had the hardest time grabbing it, man. He was I don't know if he was playing it up for the camera, but he really seemed to have a heart. Very, very nice guy. But you know what the thing is though? I was so desensitized. I was so used to it. Yeah, this doesn't even interest me. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. I'm telling him, do it. Can those spiders bite? Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. What is this nonsense? Who the fuck's filming this on a camera phone? I don't know, someone on the phone. I told him if we lived in caveman times, this would be what we'd eat. <laughs> now that's being, I'm, I'm going to say that's, I, I hope, I, I, would, I would hope I'm not that big of a bitch. I would it's hope nothing. I would reach out, crush your hand, kill the spider, and walk yeah, away. It's nothing. You would just take it. You just take it. I wouldn't eat it. He's got you, it. You, you'd have, it would have to be minimal. It would freaking out. We'd have to be talking new car money. Nah, I oh, do yeah. it for free. Well, that's because you're crazy. No, I'm not. Look crazy. at you. Evidently, you didn't enjoy it. I'm just eating it. That's him. He's freaking out. Oh, that's out. him. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's freaking out. I'm oh. over there. Meanwhile, Joe's over there like popcorn, like half some more. My bad. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. But no, for man. me to do some shit like that, we're talking minimum 30 G's. He had a Diet Coke waiting on standby. <laughs> minimum minimum 30,000 to eat a fucking spider. It's nothing. It's not even worth a hundred bucks. Yeah, well, so easy to that's do. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, my price is my price. But I'm just saying that it's all based on personal experience. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I've, you know, if you ever had someone choke you, choke you like almost unconscious, where you have to tap out. No, that's way worse. <laughs> that's way I believe worse. that. I've, I've, I have that happen all the time. I've done that to people, but so, I've never had it done to me. A bug is it ain't shit. You know, yeah, you ever have a, oh, a young gal give you enthusiastic but yet horrible blowjob? Yes, there you go. That's no fun. It's way better to eat a bug. No, I these, disagree. Check out these you know, these kangaroos. Low jobs are like pizza. You know, there's you say that. bad pizza, but I need to get someone to suck you your know. dick that really has malice in their mind. Malice. Check out these, <laughs> check out these kangaroos beating the fuck out of each other. This is a, a video that someone sent me. Apparently, this ends with a rear naked choke. People By a kangaroo? Selling, yeah. People have been sending it to me all day on Twitter, so out of respect, i got to throw it up there. But sweat how these fucking things fight they go back on their tail they yeah. use their tail to hold themselves up While they so they kick. kick with their back legs and they fucking duke it out for like 10 minutes man do they take round breaks no they just keep fucking each other up look at that that's like a fucking 120 pound rat yeah well they get really big apparently apparently it's two different types of uh, kangaroos I think there's a gray kangaroo and a red kangaroo. Our buddy Eddie Ift spends a lot of time, and Arge Barker spends a lot of time as well, uh, in Australia. And some of them are really big, like six feet plus. Well, there's another, uh, I guess donkeys in Australia are feral, like pigs are here. I guess they have a lot of trouble with, don at least they did at one time, with donkeys and kangaroos. Wow. So there's a guy, his name's J.D. Jones. This is a gun thing, but... Um, he's known for a handgun hunter. He's one of the bigger handgun hunters. He made a bunch of uh, custom calibers and all kinds of shit. But anyway, he used to organize what's called uh, Australian Varmint Hunt. Look at this fucking scramble. And these guys would go he's down. He's got a darts. Look at this. This one kangaroo who's on top keeps winning. Go guard. Pull guard. Pull guard, bro. The one on the bottom's a bitch. 
But oh shit, he's got There's the choke. The hook. He's got the hooks. <laughs> he's got the choke. No hooks. He's going Marcelo Garcia style. Concentrate <laughs> side, entirely. Side side choke. Well, Marcelo concentrates entirely on the choke. And he Stop even, it. He doesn't even worry about the hooks. He's like, dude, I watched my UFC shit. This last is incredible. Night. This is incredible. This is a battle. Stop. This is crazy, right? He's got a good grip. It looks like he's got a gable grip. Wow, he put him to sleep. Like, he just tapped you. him. Fuck you. He just tapped him. He let him go. And he's just like hovering with his balls over that kangaroo's face. Wake up and go buy me a that Starbucks. That kangaroo is asleep. He choked that motherfucker to sleep. Wake this up. is incredible. He might have choked him to death. Wake up and watch me fuck your wife. Let's see if he wakes up. He doesn't have a wife. They didn't get married. Kangaroos, whatever. The kangaroo's on the bottom licking his balls. See that? He looked up and he, he saw his balls. Kangaroo's still passed the fuck out. Look. Over on the left. Well, he, he just laying there. He's... uh. He's submissive. And this one's walking away nice and slowly. On his tail. He's hurt. That tail is legit. Yeah. Well, I think they duked it out for a long part, for a long uh, period of time before he eventually got the rear naked choke. So the big ones um, that are the red kangaroos. And the, the red kangaroos is the largest of all kangaroos, the largest mammal to live in Australia, and the largest Damn. extant marsupial it is found in mainland Australia, avoiding only the more fertile areas in the south, the east coast, and the northern rainforests. They're like, fuck you. We don't want your water. We don't want your fertility. The biggest they get um, head to body length is 5.2 feet. And then the uh, tail and the legs and all that jazz. So Who they, would win? They apparently get four to chimpanzees or a kangaroo. One chimp would kill everything. One chimp. Yeah, they're ruthless. Chimps are so goddamn strong. I mean, I'm sure kangaroos are strong too, but I'm I'm sure a chimp would just fucking grab its neck and tear its shit apart. Just rip its belly open. Chimps can do shit with their bodies where they grab a branch and then launch themselves into the air right, and yeah, fly right. and, and catch, something. catch something right. and hang on. <laughs> that kind of strength is. Really hard for us to even wrap our fucking stupid heads around. Right. You know, how many chin-ups can you think you can do? Me? Yeah. I probably couldn't do one for a million dollars. A guy who's a really good chin-up guy. Gangster, 50. What is, yeah, 50 is just the craziest that, that would, motherfucker. That would be like, I, I gotta believe, like, that or, or there's like some, you know, ripped up CrossFit chick somewhere yeah. who does it every day before breakfast. What a good kid. World record chin-ups. Let's find out. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's 75. Am I I'm the only one that thinks CrossFit's a cult? It is a cult. You're Tell not the only you. one. Okay. It, it is, and there's good things and bad things about cults. All right. Uh, world record list. What is the world record? What is that? A raccoon? Oh shit! Okay. What the fuck is that? Yeah, it's a raccoon. Okay. Here's the. Here's... Look at it. They're circling this motherfucker. You're dead. World records. He's punching it. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. Take that jab. Is that a, a, a chimp beating jab. up a raccoon? I know. Yeah. That's not even a big Take champ. that jab. Look at that. That's not it's even like, a big I saw you champ. fuck on my car last night. What happened? That raccoon got into the uh, zoo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look. That's a mistake. Dude, and, and coons are tough, man. Yeah, raccoons are tough. Coon. Chimps are fucking ruthless. Not like, I mean, oh, he's throwing throw it. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're ruthless. They threw it off the top of a cliff. Fuck you. Let me throw you off this mountain. Yeah, they're ruthless. All right, here's the, they have most chin-ups in a minute. Okay, here's the world records for chin-ups. The most, uh, the record holder is a guy from the Czech Republic, of course. You ready for this? Yeah, right. You're going to freak out. 232 pull-ups in 36 minutes. That's insane. In 2000, 
and 10 in the Czech Republic. Jesus fucking Christ. Have you ever seen... He's the, doing kipping pull-ups, but whatever. Have you ever seen the bartender shit? The guys who do the bar workouts? Look, at, Yeah, I have seen that. It's always black guys. Look at the, look at the fucking... <laughs> look at the chin-ups this motherfucker's doing. That's not doing. a chin-up, though. This is insane. Kipping chin-ups. That's not a chin-up. Pull-ups? What is it? Pull-up? Chin-up is when your palms are whatever. facing forward. It's that, none of those count. Jesus Christ. <laughs> those are insane. None of those count. This guy is still going. None of those count. Look, he doesn't even barely break his elbows. Well, this is called... His, a, his fucking head barely no, touches the bar. No, his chin goes to the bar. You're crazy. These are kipping chin-ups or kipping pull-ups. I guess it's a pull-up. Which pull one's a chin-up and which one's a pull-up? Pull-up is like this, right? Pull-ups is your palms forward. Chin-ups is your palms outward. Is that right? Is that it? Well, it it's one or the other. What's the difference between chin-ups? Wikipedia, son. What's the difference? The difference... I'm going to guess chin-ups are probably the curl motion, right? Chin-ups and pull-ups. And pull-ups are probably palms out. Okay, we're going to find out really quickly. I don't know because I do all of them. Oh, look at this shit. I do all of them because I'm sexy as fuck. I would love love to be able to do this. That's insane. Just be fucking fat and be able to do that. Just to see the look on people's faces. I would win millions. He's doing sideways chin-ups on a bar where his body is sticking out like a flag. He's rushing. That's insane. Okay, pull-ups means a pronated overhand grip. This. So pull-ups is palms out. Yep. Chin-ups is palms, yeah. which is a supinated or underhanded grip. That's yeah. crazy. I've never seen that before. That's very interesting. Was this guy's going to do 62 yeah, in a 50. minute? He's 50. He's 50? How dare he? Who's this fucking animal? He don't have low T. His wife doesn't want to fuck him. That's all that is. <laughs> He's trying to like attract. He's got a string of nineteen-year-olds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those are legit. Eight, yeah, those are nine, wide grip. Ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, we can keep counting. And the people at home listening on iTunes are forty-seven. Like, what the, are you going to count to a hundred, you fuckhead? You're not even describing what's happening. We went from fifty to sixty-three. Skip them. Pretty is it is wow. pretty amazing. Sixty-three. That's incredible. Who's the guy? What's he the story? Did it in a minute. Oh, he likes pussy. Can't get any. World Steady record. Chin ups. Just say who it is. Does it say? Stan. Stan Apsikoff. Spell it. Apsiloff. A P S E L O F F. I guarantee Columbus, Ohio. you. I guarantee you he has. Ohio? That just goes to show you, man. Columbus, Ohio. Ohio is legit. Yeah. He's Ohio is like the do. Philippines of the United States. Is it really? In what yes. way? And pool. <laughs> That was nasty. That was always nasty thing. Said Ohio is the Philippines of the United States. If they're from Ohio and they've got on a white T-shirt, they will gamble with you. <laughs> what is no it about what? the Midwest to have so many gangster pool players? Because there's nothing else to do. Uh, Seriously, you don't got to worry. What are you going to surf? Right. You know, you can play volleyball. Right. <laughs> I mean, fuck half the year is winter. So, right. good know. luck trying to get laid, son. Right. Exactly. So you go to the pool room, you play pool, and there's. The Midwest is full of them. There's gangsters throughout Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, shit like that. Fucking players. Why do they? Play you could take bar you could, table though. You could because that's all they got. What's that about? That's a lot of it. Fix that. Well, that's where the tournaments are. That's ridiculous. But you you could take some of those guys. Like I could go down through that part of the Midwest and take some people and run them up through New York City and just rob the fucking Northeast. Really? Yes. Which is scary. Which. When I say Rob, it would be hard because you can't sneak up on anyone anymore. Right. The, you can't outrun the internet. I mean, camera phones are, camera phones ruin the road. 
Isn't that interesting? Well, the the websites, the like AZ Billiards, did it to a certain extent yeah, too. Well, but I mean, it's photos. not. It's not. Bef- but even before that, it's just. I guarantee you could show. You could take me to a pool room here in LA today, and there could be somebody in there. And if it's a legitimate player, I could. If I don't know who they are, I could take their picture, send it to two or three people, and probably tell you everything there is to know about that guy within ten minutes. And yeah. that's without going to the internet. That's just within that network and having the ability to take a photo and connect and tell them, here's what this guy looks like. This is the game he wants to play. What do you know about him? And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's such a small world. Yeah. It would be like you showing like a fighter that you knew was like a legit fighter. Well, it's like when I, when I uh, did that celebrity uh, pool thing for Bravo and they were like, you know, hey, you know, we're going to put together a celebrity tournament and uh, we'll see, you know, like who can beat who out of the world of celebrities. Like, good luck. Right. I go, you're all playing for second place. Sure, absolutely. I'm like, I know you're all playing for second place. And, right. they, and they were like laughing at me like, how do you think you're going to win? I'm like, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm like, not only going to win, it's going to be easy. I'm right. going to show up high. I'm going to be high as fuck. <laughs> I'm going to eat two pot cookies. I'm like, there's no way they put in the time of uh, the no. effort that I put in. Like, no. There's no, f- very few celebrities. If they were as fucked up as I am, I would know about them. No. I would know. Well, I, I, I would hear. The only people I've ever heard, uh, Paul Sorvino, which I think he's dead now. Uh, Jerry no, Orbach, Sorvino, Orbach, Jerry Orbach's Orbach dead. passed, right? Orbach could play. Jerry Orbach, Paul Sorvino, uh, did David uh, Brennan, what's his name? David Brenner. Brenner. Yeah. Was he a player or was he just an investor? He's an investor. This okay. is me running out like a fucking world champion right here, ladies and gentlemen. It's um, your place, right? This was with Max? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, me and Max Eberle when I was taking lessons. I took a lot of lessons from Max Eberle. Powerful Max Eberle. Yeah, Max Eberle. Went, that was back when he was vegan. I was responsible for getting him off that. Is he eating meat now? Yeah, he eats everything now. Beautiful. <laughs> he started eating fish. He started off with sushi. That's how it starts. Yeah. That's how but, we all start. But Max changed my fundamentals. And people think that pool is like a stupid game. And it is kind of a stupid game. So why, it, it's, I'm, I'm telling you. They're like, all it, stupid. If you're not a, uh, if you're not a player, I mean, if you're not, a, and I tell people this. It's like I do it for a living, man. I mean, that's what I sell for a living is pool. But if you're not into it, if you don't understand it, you know, it's like me trying to watch golf. I don't play golf. There's a video of you and me playing. Yes. Somebody you put ran the up. fuck out. <laughs> that's right. You ran out. <laughs> yeah, there's a – yeah, I think it's just – The best video is you doing the arrow, though, oh. with me laughing <laughs> like a fucking retard over top of you. I was nervous when I met him that he was going to be mad at me, but he wasn't mad at me at all. He yeah. was. Uh, he was. That was he crazy. Was fun. Yeah. I mean, Earl's. God love him. Well, dude, he you knew that I was out. a fan. Dude, Moscone Cup is in Vegas this year. When is Can it? You make it. When is it? It's the first weekend in December. Let me see right now. Hold on a second. It are starts you, Monday. Uh, are you broadcasting? No, we're doing. Well, actually, eh, I can't spill any beans yet. Mm, we're we'll trying after this is over. Yeah, we're trying. To, we're trying to do something before Moscone starts. I'm open that week, man. Maybe we should do something. It starts Monday. Moscone Cup starts Monday. That would be fun. Yeah. I would like to be there for that. I think it would be fun. It's fun. If you've never been to one, they are a blast. I mean, we could do something, because man. it's Because it's like big money production. Yeah. It's like the only legit, real television production in pool. We could do something with pool, man. We can Pool needs something. It needs something right now. It needs a little, a little juice. Yeah. You know? Oh, no shit. If you and I got behind something, we could do something right now. We can make something fun. I think the only thing that has any shot to get mainstream acceptance of pool... Naked girls. ...is 
that or some kind of reality show or just a character study to where you like you pick the most fucked up follow Earl around for six months. People would watch. I would watch that. Yeah. Well, Earl is like you said earlier. He's seven miles in the morning, seven oh, yeah. miles in the afternoon, yeah. fourteen miles a day. He's a yeah. maniac. He'd probably stab you in the eye eight times before the filming was over. But no, nah, he would I mean, never stab me. Me and Earl actually, would get along. What would fine. be awesome was if you could if you could do something to where like you and Earl went on the road. Yeah. Oh my God. Me and Earl, like when we were hanging out together, talking, like there was, even though I'd made fun of him, I know he got bummed out that I made fun of him, but I only made fun of him, like do an impression because I'm a huge fan. Right. Uh, How could you do that impression if you didn't know him? Right. Yeah. So he knew that, like when I started talking to him, that I wasn't an asshole. And then I, you know, I really said, uh, like, you're one of my favorite players of all time. That's 100% legit. He He and I wouldn't have a problem. He would be crazy, but I'm pretty easy, man. You know, I, I I know crazy. It's if someone was like if like you, a guy like you, yeah. all of a sudden became crazy, sure, I'd be bummed out. I'd be like, damn, what the fuck happened, what happened to Justin? To him? This Why is he sad. So stupid? Yeah. But if it's just a crazy dude being crazy, that's like asking water to not be wet. <laughs> right. You know, it's like water is wet. <laughs> right. It is it is what it is. Oh, here it is. How are you gonna play pool if you're not properly equipped? Where's your beekeeper's outfit? You don't have people no quote this to me <laughs> all the time. Everywhere I go. It might be my greatest impression of all time, and it's super obscure, because most people don't know Earl Strickland. jump cues, Earl? Jump cue? When I was a kid, you couldn't jump with a fucking jump cue? That ain't jumping. What the fuck is that? You got a tiny little cue, and you're all pleased as punch? You got a big smile on your face like you just did something? Get the fuck out. I jump with a Mucci. I jump full table with a Mucci. How people about don't that? understand. Well, this after, after this, this, after this, this obscure references ever. Year, after this, you have to Google Earl Strickland rant. And, and show what Earl really sounds like. When the marijuana, when I said a lot of my plans involves marijuana, yeah. Earl got all paranoid. How's he know I do marijuana? He, he even said that. How's he know? Earl he was saying marijuana. Did you tell him I smoke marijuana? Were you guys talking about marijuana? Is it commonly known? Earl smokes all the weed. Well, Matt, Max Eberly told me, and Rob Saez told me, you know, that the, of their adventures together. Yeah. Of the, the Earl Strip. Well, look, a guy who's that good at pool, why would he not fuck with marijuana? Marijuana oh, makes, if people who don't know, I know you don't it's like prob- to fuck with it. It no, makes you but, very sensitive that, to the, movement. But the thing is, he that's probably the only thing he can do to keep his mind in this fucking atmosphere. Yeah. You know, there's a little I bit mean, of that. These, uh, Earl is, people. He's a genius. He's, he's a genius. You cannot. It's a pool genius. You can't take it away from him. He's a pool genius, and like many people that are genius at something, as we said before, that genius comes out of a a bit of madness, and it it becomes, he's all pissed off. Well, the Moscone Cup is really interesting because it's like the UK or Europe versus the United States. Oh, this is, that's Steve. Earl blows up. Oh, look at her. She's pretty. Yeah, she is. She's cool. And Earl gets crazy. He's fucking on. Blocks out everybody. He also puts weird shit on, like look, look at the, look at the eyes. <laughs> look at the eyes. They're all laughing. He's so serious. He's like a cartoon character. He's amazing. He takes that shit, man. He's like a cartoon. I mean, but character. I mean, he's serious about it. Yeah. It's like that's one of the things I was talking to Jason Shaw about when he came down for our last match. Uh, you know, he said it amazed him. He stayed with Earl, and he goes, <laughs> "Earl woke up in the morning talking about pool, and when he went to sleep at night, he was still talking about pool." Yeah, he's legit. You know, I mean, think about it. I mean, you don't. 
whenever we hang out, it's yeah. it's like you don't talk about yeah you don't talk about UFC <laughs> from the time we start to the time we end. No. You don't talk about comedy from the time we start to the time we end. No. You know, it's every you hang out like a normal fucking person. Well, that's the thing but, about pool though. Pool requires that of you. Pool is like the craziest, neediest girlfriend in the history of the universe. At like a high that level, bitch, it's sick. The bitch wants to see you all day Every until day. you go to bed, and then when you wake up, where are you? <laughs> I want you right here. Right, Look right. at me. Wake up. Right. And Pool might wake you up in the middle of the night with a new move. You know? <laughs> Pool might wake you like, you don't have to get out that way. You know, you play it like this, then you play for the fourth ball. You're playing for the third right. ball. If you play for the ankle on the fourth ball, then the if what the fifth ball's on the rail. If the fifth ball's on the rail, you know, it depends on whether or not I've I can seen, use it. I've seen Earl do that after yeah. matches. He'll come in the next day and set it up. And talk yeah, and talk about a shot that was in like the seventh game and it's like you know, it's like you don't even fuck remember it. It was meaningless. Yeah. It would be like a football player talking about a fucking play that got two yards in the second quarter with 20 minutes to go. I mean, it's, it's like something that means nothing. And he talks about it like it's a disastrous date that he just got home from. Right, yeah. It's. I don't know, man. Those guys – and what's funny is most uh, – the best players in the world have played for us on our, on our uh, matches. Um you can't name a pool player that hasn't played for us. That's not top of the world. Top 10, 20 players in the world have all played in our matches at one time or another. And for the most part, the Americans are the craziest in general, like most mental about shit. Um, the Filipinos are the most laid back, which is funny because they play like – the Filipinos literally, if they win a thousand dollars here, it's like five or six grand back home. It's a huge amount of money, and maybe that's why they are laid back. Is because of whatever score they make here, they is bigger back home. Whereas here, if an American player wins three or four grand, you know, if you tell any normal human being on earth that works for fifteen or twenty dollars an hour, you can make three thousand dollars in a weekend. They would be like, fuck, that's good money. But, you know, for someone who is at the top of their game, yeah, it sucks. You would think they would make more. It sucks for a pro athlete in a sport. But at the same time, it comes, and this is like, this is one of the battles I'm fighting, is I tell people, like, look, man, if I could pay you guys 10 grand, I would, because it makes everybody better. But I can only pay you what people will pay, you know, because it's, I eat what I kill. I mean, the way I do it is I've, there's no sponsors. You know, there's nobody here giving me five or $10,000 to do a match. It doesn't work like that. It's Manny Pacquiao. What I take in on fucking pay-per-view is what pays for all the freight. Dude, that's the big pay-per-view. Me versus Manny Pacquiao. That would be sick. Come on, son. I think you'd Make be robbed. Happen. I'd be robbed? He would rob me? Yeah. Damn. From what I understand. I'll have to get in stroke. I have to get crazy. You just have to outbox him. Yeah, well, according to Max Eberly, Max Eberly says he plays very good. In yes. fact, Max played in a race of 10, and he only beat him, like, I think he beat him 6 or 7 to 10. Right. Which, if you know how good Max plays, right. Max is motherfucking world class. Manny's got a great reputation. as a solid player. Yeah, he said Manny gets out. And being from the Philippines, it's like... He it's, plays all those killers every yeah. day. They call him the cow. Oh, look at Max with the long hair and the goat. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. This is uh, Manny Pacquiao. If For folks Trick who shot. are not listening, or who are listening and not watching, rather, this is Manny Pacquiao shooting some kind of crazy trick shot, which I don't know how to do one single. Look at Manny Pacquiao's lefty, too. That's interesting. That's worth a ball right there. Yeah, there's something about lefties, man. There's wow, something about look at that fucking shot. Damn. Oh, man. He made it. Yeah. He made all those balls. There's something about left-handed people. There's, yes. There's an athletically left-handedness. Yeah. Athletically, I believe that. It, 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 I've seen pitchers, quarterbacks. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's a nonconformity thing. I think that left-handed people have to figure things out for themselves, and it makes you smarter. Because everybody that. else is going one way. Yeah, you have every, to go every, way. Everything else in the world is fucking opposite. And from striking, from a standpoint of striking, a lot of people have a hard time with people that fight in the southpaw position, which is right hand forward instead of left. Isn't that a big thing in boxing, though, people who go who switch? Mm-hmm. The good guys. The greatest ever at switching was Marvin Hagler. Really? Marvelous Marvin Hagler was like, he would fuck guys up because you expect him to come out southpaw and he would come out orthodox and just put a beating on you because he could fight orthodox as good as he could fight southpaw. Is that very he, rare to have very guys? Very rare. So do you very still... Very rare. Uh, what's the deal? Do you still think boxing is a viable sport or is it just so yeah. fucking corrupt and fucked up that... No, it's viable. It's, it's viable because there's awesome guys that are, that are excellent at it. You know, there's like the, a lot of people like think that I don't like boxing because I got in an argument with some asshole on uh, ESPN who was a boxing promoter. And, you know, I shouldn't call him an asshole. He's just defending his turf. And the whole reason why we even had this thing is because ESPN was trying to set up this dispute between boxing and MMA, which one's better. And I was cool with it all until he was calling MMA like – like human cockfighting. Like they have this attitude that it's like some barbaric sport. And I'm like, look, you're being stupid. Like you don't like understand. Like it was 15 years ago. Well, it's not only that, it's like boxing is a part of MMA. It's a key aspect of MMA. Like sure. if you don't have good boxing, you can't have MMA. It's like, but MMA, if you like, you get a boxer who's a really good boxer and that's all he trains is boxing and he gets in there with a guy who's an MMA fighter, he's, he's going to get fucked up. Yeah. He's going to get his legs kicked. Right. He's going to get kneed in the body in the clinch. He's going to get taken down and mounted. He's going to get smashed and strangled. That's just a fact. Right. It doesn't mean that boxing isn't exciting and that I don't like, bo- that I don't like boxing. I would have never said what I said if that guy wasn't a dick. If that guy got on that ESPN interview with me and if he said that I think mixed martial arts is a very exciting sport for some folks, uh, they, though they prefer just striking, I would have said, absolutely. You know, there's something for everybody. Some people prefer f- soccer. Some guys like baseball. You know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of striking. Striking is what I started out with. But boxing striking is even... Like, if I was going to watch any fight, legit, straight striking fight, I want to watch Muay Thai. Have you seen uh, Glory? Glory no. is uh, it's, it's debuting on uh, Spike, actually, tomorrow. Tonight or tomorrow? What's the 11th? I think it's tomorrow. Whatever the fuck it is. Glory is this new high-level kickboxing event where they're taking the best kickboxers in the world. Most of them are European because, like, in Holland kickboxing got fucking gigantic. It's huge. And there's great fighters came from Holland, like Ramon Deckers, uh, uh, Ernesto Hoost, Rob mm-hmm. Kamen, like some of the greatest kickboxers of all time, all came from Holland for some strange reason. And then there's also there's great guys that fight in all, all sorts of delicate. Romania has a lot of great fighters, like Daniel Guita. There's a lot of great, and there's a lot of great American kickboxers that are coming up right now too. But when it comes to like pound for pound excitement, Kickboxing is way more exciting than regular boxing to me. Sure. Because there's leg kicks and knees and head kicks. There's a lot of craziness. Now, you're talking about, because you were a traditional 
uh, martial arts guy. So Taekwondo, you when did I that. first started, yeah, when you first yeah. started. But um, so now, are those like tournaments? Those sports, obsolete. Are they hurting for talent yes. because everyone's going to MMA? Yes, money. They sh- well, they also they're going. The the big thing about martial arts when I was a kid, when I was first starting out, and I had to choose a martial art, it was always very difficult to figure out what was the best martial art. And you had to kind of decide for yourself. You had to watch people and decide for yourself. And it was really hard to quantify. It was really hard to figure out what was the best. Then the Ultimate Fighting Championship came along, and now there's no question. Now we know what you need in an all-out fight, in a mixed martial arts fight, where essentially there's a limited set of rules. We know what you need to learn how to do, and it's not Taekwondo, and it's not Muay Thai, and it's not wrestling, and it's not Jiu-Jitsu. It's all of them. And if you don't know how to do any of those aspects, if you're a really good wrestler, but the guy you're fighting knows how to defend the takedown, and he can fuck you up standing, you got a real problem. And that's what a lot of wrestlers are dealing with today. They don't know how to strike, and they face a guy who develops like Mirko Krokop in pride days, had really good takedown defense. stuff a takedown and then, and then smoke light you, with you up a, yeah. with head kicks, and there's nothing you could do about it. And you get hit by that shit, you're going night-night. So there's that. And then there's also these wrestlers that figure out jiu-jitsu. They can take you down and strangle you. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to stuff that takedown. If you can't stuff that takedown, they're going to take you down every time. If you can stuff that takedown but they can't stand up, you're going to fuck them up every time. There's a lot of variables, and that's what we know now. We didn't know that when I was starting out. When I was starting out, it was no one knew what was the right way to do. Whether it was, it was boxing, whether it was wrestling, whether it was taekwondo or karate or Muay Thai, no one knew. Do you think MMA guys are one on like the second, third generation? I don't know how many generations. I don't know if there's a need to to numerically order them, but I would say that today we have a much better sense of what is ultimately effective in martial arts than we did even a year ago. Just in the last couple of years, we've seen an increase in the number of traditional martial arts techniques. Front kick to the face and Anderson Silva landed on Vitor. The wheel kicks that have been landed, Vitor landed a wheel kick. Um, uh, uh, Junior Dos Santos knocked out Mark Hunt with a wheel kick. Edson Barbosa knocked out Terry Adam. There's all these wheel kicks now that we haven't seen before. And those were always viable techniques in Taekwondo and in uh, kickboxing and Kyokushin. But we haven't seen them in MMA because the guys who are really good at them didn't fight MMA. MMA. They fought Kyokushin. They fought Taekwondo. But now we're seeing these MMA guys realize, hey, this is a really tricky weapon that I can add to my arsenal. So the arsenal, instead of being 100 moves deep, is now 200 moves deep. It's now 250 moves deep. There's a lot of new shit that people are learning how to do. There's old techniques that everybody thought didn't work. Like, you're starting to see axe kicks again. Guys are throwing no axe shit. kicks. In yeah, Rich Clemente threw one the other day in Bellator. John Jones threw one in the, the UFC. But they're still not at the level of the axe kicks of, like, a guy like Jersey Long, who was a Canadian MMA champion who had this nasty axe kick. It was like getting hit in the head with a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> this motherfucker would just full split, swing up, and slam that heel down in your face, and you would go to sleep. He knocked out a friend of mine out cold with an axe kick in a tournament. That's insane. This dude named Jersey Long. And it was so nasty, it was like getting hit by a sniper. The way the the dude, and it made me change my whole axe kick game. I I, I put way more uh, credence into axe kicks. I didn't think that axe kicks could knock guys unconscious. I just thought an axe kick was like a flashy technique that you use, but I never saw anybody go to sleep until this guy named Jersey Long fought. It was like... 1980, probably two or something like that. He fought my friend and axe kicked him in the head and knocked him out cold. It was brutal. The way he did it too was so fast. 
we just not we're not seeing that speed of execution, that fluidity of motion, that economy of of movement that a guy who's a really high level Taekwondo guy has uh, in that in that um, in MMA. There's a guy named Herb Perez. I saw him uh, knock out this dude. I think the dude's name was Nassim. I forget the the guy's last name, but the guy was a high level guy as well. And Herb knocked him out with an axe kick to the head, right in front of me. I was like my first national tournament. Um, I lost. I lost my first fight, and uh, it was probably I was probably like eighteen or nineteen. And I remember watching this guy Herb Perez knock this dude out with a fucking axe kick to the head, like as far as away as you are. I was standing on the sideline, and I saw this heel land on this dude's head. And I re- that was one of one of the main like moments in my life where I realized, oh shit, like national champions can also get knocked the fuck out. Right. Like everybody can get knocked out. If you miss something. You're, yeah, you're if you zig when you should have zagged and someone kicks you in your face, you're going to go to sleep. Yeah. And uh, that's a technique that like, we haven't seen yet really effectively in MMA. Andy Hoog used it in K1. He used that. There was a, there's a few other guys. There's a couple of guys. I, I saw a Russian dude who throws a mean axe kick who's fighting in uh, MMA in a, a small organization. But we haven't seen it in the UFC yet. Wasn't Eddie going to do a fight with one of Still the Grizzlies? Still is. Yeah. Is that Euler. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to do a grappling match, a rematch of the fight they had in uh, 2003. What's the name of that series? Because I watched some of Metamoris. Yeah, I watched some of that on YouTube. Metamoris is a huge, huge grappling organization. They're putting together this really – like they had Hickson's son, Kron, for, uh, fought Shinya Yoki, who's a famous MMA fighter, a very good grappler from uh, Japan, and uh, Kron guillotined him, and that was a really exciting match. And they've had some like real high-level uh, MMA fighters and Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters and submission artists Is go California one of the bigger communities for Brazilian jiu-jitsu? One of the biggest in the world. One of the biggest in the world. And there's so many Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools in Southern California. It's almost like beyond recognition or beyond uh, comprehension. There's there's a massive amount. There's so many high-level guys here. Hickson's here. Well, his son, Kron, is here now. Um, um, Jean-Jacques Machado is like one of the all-time greats is here. Fabricio Verdum is here. And there's a lot of great MMA fighters that also teach jiu-jitsu. Hanato Babalusa Brawl's here. You know, there's a million uh, Alberto Cranes here. This, this It goes on and on and on. Hoist Gracie's here. Henner Gracie's here. Wow. Huron Gracie's here. Hel- uh, they all have their own schools? Hawaii. Yeah. Horian, uh, you know, is here. They, there's so many guys here. They just, they came from Brazil, and they're like, Brazil's a little kind of crazy, and there's a beach here, too. Let's just fucking, sure, right. let's just stop here in Southern California. <laughs> and then, of course, when MMA started to explode, this was like the glamour market. Right. You know, there's a lot of money here. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people who want to learn jiu-jitsu. Sure. It's a good place to open up a school. But the biggest school in the country is uh, apparently Hanzo Gracie School in uh, Manhattan. He has a giant school. But people love that guy so much. Henzo Gracie is like one of the best personalities in, in mixed martial arts and jiu-jitsu, period. Just amazing, amazing guy. Like a really uh, fun guy to be around, great sense of humor, great ego, great perspective. And because of that, he has like this fiercely loyal following. And he's a huge, huge fucking... I could see that going completely crazy in a place like Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a giant studio. I think he has hundreds of students in Manhattan. But Manhattan is stupid expensive. That's what I mean. Could you imagine what a studio costs there? Oh. But but then again, I mean, all your students are probably fucking millionaires. So what's the difference? Well, I guess. Are there that many millionaires in Manhattan? There's a fuckload of millionaires in Manhattan. But are there a a lot of people in Manhattan also that are just like barely getting by? Credit card millionaires. Paying their rent, 
yeah, feeding I, themselves. Yeah, but I mean, Manhattan, that's one thing. Like, I, you, we, we were there. We were at uh, Amsterdam. Yeah. You know, you got Amsterdam Billiards, and it's that's, I love, that's probably one of my favorite pool rooms on earth. Me too. Because it's just uh, legit. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It's ran well. They take care of it. Clean, organized, Clean, great yeah, people working yeah, there. Yeah, no nice bullshit. waiters and waitresses. Yeah, they're, 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 you know, courteous to you. Yeah. And, but it it's one of the few, <laughs> you know, it's hard to explain, but, you know, you go in there and you don't have the feeling. A lot of pool rooms, especially in the Midwest, you walk in and it's, you can almost taste the fucking desperation. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like, it's just like the sign, the cigarette covered sign on the wall that says pool $2 for five hours. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, Jesus. You know, but to me, like a room in Amsterdam that caters to executive clientele. Yes. League people. It's somebody like, if I, if I had a date, I would take her to Amsterdam. Yeah. There's maybe two or three pool rooms in the country I would take a date to. Yeah. I love hard times. Outside of that. But I wouldn't take a date to hard times. No. 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 Sacramento or, uh. Or Bellflower. I mean, hard times. I love hard times for the history. Yeah. I mean, the history. You, you, if you know what the, you know, that's got to be like probably Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium, or Fenway Park is to a baseball guy. And it's still there. If and, you, and if you, you go know, there on any Sunday. Yes. If you know the history of it, it's 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can go in there and you can look at that table and know that, you know. At, Cesar Morales probably played on that table in 1986 or whenever the fuck he came there, which that's the name for Efren Reyes. Who Efren Reyes is considered, in my opinion, the best player of all time. He's still alive, still playing, um, and most humble, professional, nicest dude in the world who has done more things on a pool table than anyone else I think will probably ever do. He's just he's the best. Well, what's amazing about a place like Hard Times is a guy like me could enter in the tournament and play. Yes. Like last time I played in the Hard Time tournament, I played Ernesto Dominguez. Right. Ernesto Dominguez is is a high level pro. So I mean, California his son, guy for twenty years, been a yeah, great player for great, twenty years. Great guy too, and his son Oscar Dominguez yeah. uh, also a high level pro. You could play against professionals yes. like a regular guy on the weekend. That's a good thing, and that's also a terrible thing. In my opinion, what's the terrible aspect of it? Because there's n- no one's going to pay to watch, right? If they can go pay ten dollars and play with them, is that true though? Yes, I don't know if that's true. I think right. the real yeah. issue with watching, the real issue with watching, is there's not enough people participating. If I think this pool, is true, yeah, I agree with that. There, I believe that I think there's, an, I think art there's form. an element of both. I think pools an art form that the only people that can appreciate it are the people that can do it. Sure. Well, but that's a lot of things, and that's kind of where I've made my peace with the whole thing is, like, there's a lot of people in the industry that seem to think that there's this magic bullet you can shoot at it, and mainstream approval will come, and all of a sudden there'll be millions and millions of dollars flowing into the industry. Right. I don't believe that, because I can't think of anything else where that's ever happened. People always want to compare pool to poker, but... It it's completely not even the same thing. It's really well. The not. thing about poker is they came out with that fucking camera that allows you to see what the person's hand was. Yes. So the person at home has an inside view and they get to see the you drama of feel choice. Feel like God mm-hmm. because you know. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Nobody else knows. And you get to be smarter than the player. Yes. Instantly. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing about poker. And this is, uh, you know, the reason there's so many. And if there was just 5% the amount of dead money suckers in pool is there isn't poker, Mm-mm. we'd all, I mean, I'd be driving a new car. Well, the biggest suckers in pool are people who came over from poker who don't have any appreciation for money because they're used to gambling right. big money. But in, in poker, you've got a built-in reason for losing because you can make the dumbest, stupidest plays in the world and still feel okay because it wasn't your fault. You got sucked out on. Why did that, how, how's that donkey call my bet? Yep. You know, I've got I mean, you if you listen to poker players talk, it's crazy. Yeah, it's maddening. No one else on earth can play poker except for that particular person. Well, there's sometimes you hear that from pool players that go, yeah. he got lucky. He ran from well, yeah, the 7 well, to the 8. Yeah. He bumps into the 9. If you yeah. didn't bump into the you 9. You hear a lot of crying from pool players but nothing like poker players. Right. And the other thing is the biggest thing with poker is here's a perfect example. I will never ever no matter what I do, no matter how much effort I put into it, ever win the U.S. Open Nine Ball Championship. I could play 15 hours a day for the rest of my life. I'll never win it. It would be like me saying I'm going to win the heavyweight championship of the UFC. It's fucking impossible. It's not going to happen. But you could win the World Series of Poker. Yes. Damn. I have a legitimate shot. Just no, and I mean, I mean I'm, not saying, I'm not saying a legitimate shot. I'm saying it could happen. It's possible. It is possible. It's fucking impossible. You might as well say I can win the the UFC lightweight champ. I mean, you know, it's it's fucking impossible. My goal should be to win the women's world championship. We should put that's your television show. Do it as that's man, your television show. That's your television. Show. They would hate me though. They'd get mad at me. Joe Rogan takes on the world of women. <laughs> of women. <laughs> dot dot dot. Of women <laughs> in pool. Dot dot dot. No. It'd be rude. No, I, I, I eventually want to do something with pool, some sort of a show, figure out some sort you of a show. You know what I would pool. really like to see you do? If, if for no other reason than just pure self-satisfaction, is some kind of really cool documentary. Yeah, that would be fun. Because one reason, and it's not, and once again, man, I'm to the point, I'm just not a believer that pool is a crossover to mainstream. I, but, but it I, has. But I don't think it has to. But it has. Twice. Twice and two times because of the media. Right. Well, Tussler, color money. Right. But now, okay, I agree with you, hundred percent. So, look at those two instances. You had two Academy Award-winning movies. Both those movies won Academy Awards. Pretty crazy. Yes. So both of those movies. That. So basically, in order to get mainstream acceptance, you have to have an Academy Award-winning movie. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Wrap your head around that one. But here's my point is the fact that, you know what, it doesn't take that to improve things for pool and everything else. I mean, if you just get, you know, 100,000 more people playing, which sounds like a lot, but that's shit. That's 200 people in every state. Yeah, we just need an ambassador. Yeah. I'll take the reins. You could do that. I'll handle this bitch. You could. Can't do it by taking on women, though. It's just gonna just gonna divide just us, piss people off. Yeah, well, it's weird too. Also, it's a it's an interesting uh, argument about the differences differences between men and women. That besides the cultural aspect of pool being more acceptable for men to play, there's actually a difference in the way men and women see three D geometry. 
the way the may the way men and women see uh, spatial distance and their 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 understanding of space. It's different. It's really interesting. Because uh, women can get fantastic at pool. You know, there's Gene Belukas who yeah, competed I mean, against men, and Jasmine Ocean plays basically like, you know, Allison Fisher I don't, plays basically men I don't speed. understand why. I mean, if you look at it on paper, especially a game like straight pool. Right, where it doesn't require the big break. There is no reason on earth that I can think of. I mean, physically. Mentally, you can go into all that if you want to. But physically, there's no reason at all that a man should be better than a woman. That's true, but it also it highlights the differences between the way men and women look at 3D space. Okay. We we apparently have a a different need. There's 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 different requirements to for survival that uh, a man had of developing to this point in 2013 from, you know, many many thousands of years of evolution and women have they've had a different need for fast twitch muscle fiber a different need for reaction time sure it's one of the arguments against a male transvestite uh, a transsexual who used to be a male who became fighting a woman females. fighting females is the reaction time there's a weird reaction time difference for men and women it's really significant it's about 10 percent oh shit yeah it's pretty much across the board so it's a, there's a the you know and that's between... funny because in shooting which you wouldn't think I mean, you, you're, there's really no strength issue there. Right. But the women are, don't come close to the men. Yeah. Well, nor do they in pool. When was the last yeah. time a woman won a world championship in pool? The U.S. Open, any of those things? They don't win them. Yeah. They don't win them. And there's amazing, amazing, amazing women. But what they are is so incredibly exceptional that they stand out, but they still can't beat the best men. They still sure. can't beat Shane. Right. They still can't beat uh, Bustamante. No, there's a, there is a different, and that's one of the things I like about what I do with the people I do it with is it's interesting and enjoyable to me to show uh, the levels mm. because they're, you know, like we've done matches to where guys play and you're sitting there and you're going, you know what? If this guy was playing Alex or Shane, he'd get beat 100 to 60. Right. Maybe. Right. But at the same time, the guy's playing great. Right. You know, guy's playing great, run out pool. You know, not making mistakes. But it's like he makes a bad decision here or he, he does something to get out of line there. And unless you really know what the hell is going on, it's hard to miss. But, you know, when you see, I don't know, it goes back to that excellence thing I was talking about. But, like, one of the things that I'm really happy, you know, when what I do is said and done, whenever that is, 25 years from now, somewhere on YouTube, someone will be able to flip on one of these videos and watch and see. You know, people always talk about how good Keith McCready was on a bar table in 1984. You know what? Well, people will be able to see how good Shane was on a 9-foot 10-ball table in 2006 mm -hmm. or 2008. Or know? 13. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's an unfortunate aspect of some of the, the past players when they, they talk about it. Like, there's, like, some Irving Crane footage where you see him playing straight pool and you try to, like, mm -hmm. put it together. Moscone, there's a lot of footage of Moscone when he was really old, unfortunately. Right. Yep. You know, like those uh, those ABC Wild World of Sports events that they had. Right. They used to play pool on ABC Wild World of cool. Sports. But 
there was four channels on television. Yeah, but it is even more impressive that Poole made it onto four channels. Right. Well, because of the story. And I really think that if Poole has any shot at mainstream television, it is a reality show type television show. It's you and me, dude. Yeah. We're the last of the Mohicans. We you, can put you, this together. You, could, you could absolutely... I think you could do something. Yeah, you know what I could do? I could play really high-level women in the action report match. You know what you could do? Is you could just <laughs> we could just make you into like the ultimate uh, asshole. No, to where I like can't. you just, just I mean I you, we could just make you the bad guy. I don't want to do that though. Yeah. I'd be better the other way. As I was nice, I just play really good women, kick their ass because I can't beat any men. You can't you can't beat any really good women. None of them. I'm going to tell you five really good women that you Give got me a year. no shot to beat. Give me a year. You can't beat Allison. You can't you beat say Karen. that now. You can't beat Karen. Son, I'll get crazy for You can't beat Guy Young. You can't beat... No comedy, uh, no Jiao UFC. Ping. Just fucking nine ball. And Jasmine. None of them? No. All right, bring somebody that I can beat. All the rest of them. <laughs> All the rest of them? A lot of them. How much of a drop-off is there? The you know who I want to see you play? Who? Sarah Rousey. She's a really good player. She's a very good player. Okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. I think Sarah would straight rob you. Straight rob me? Straight How dare rob you. you. Someone's got a crush. Straight rob Someone's you. got a crush. Sarah's my, Sarah's yeah, my buddy. Yeah, but if I start firing, man. We man, were a nom together. surprised. But no, Sarah's, she hasn't played pool in like four years. Perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Really? Like duck. Yes. Listen, man, I have gears. And on my highest gear, I surprise myself. But on my lowest gear, I'm not very good at all. <laughs> That's my real problem. You know? Like, remember one time you and I were in Vegas from playing Eric? Yeah. I couldn't miss a ball. Sure. I was just running out packages over and over and over again. But that's it's rare. And then I have to get into the groove by playing like what six, you, okay. six, seven hours. I know right exactly there. what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. What do you think causes that? Uh, you get loose. You understand exact. For me, it's a matter of pool is all. I mean, I understand how to stroke the ball correctly. I understand how to stand correctly. I understand how to aim correctly. But unless I'm playing consistently and I have constant feedback loop between Q-tip hitting the cue ball, cue ball hitting the object ball, and then it goes into my calculator of what's going to happen, I can fuck up and I can over juice shots and I can have too much English. It's a matter of a massive amount of information coming at me over a long period of time, six, seven hours of just playing pool. Really? You know, us eating pizza and fucking drinking sure. coffee and then right back to the table. And when I do that, then especially that homeboy's place where he has that in- intense pasta. What's right, that fucking right. best billiards in best Vegas? Best billiards in Vegas. Amazing food that motherfucker has. Yeah. I heard the kitchen closed down. Is yeah, that true? That's what I heard. I haven't been there since the last time we were there. How dare he close down that kitchen. Yeah. But when you do that for a long period of time, then... I then I'm working with a massive amount of information, and when I'm working with a massive amount of information about touch and feel and movement and ball, I get a f- sense of what's going to happen, and then I can get into it. And once I get into is it, is it anything like is jujitsu anything like similar. that for you? Very, 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 very similar. It's all just a matter of feel and and movement and and knowing what the feedback loop is. Like if you've never punched somebody and you punch someone, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. But then if you punch them a mil- if you're used to punching people, it just comes out. It just it just feels normal when you're hitting someone. And I think with pool balls is the same thing. The more you stroke that ball, the more you understand the movement, and the more it, it, it's in my head exactly how much effort I have to exert to get exactly the same the result you want. on the ball and have balls twist and turn and move. And that's that's the big thing. And and for me also, I'm so busy that I don't get a chance to play 
that much. So when I do get a chance, like when you and I are in Vegas sure. with Eric and we get like seven, eight hours and we're playing in a 24-hour pool hall, I'm enthusiastic as fuck. So yeah. like five, six hours into this, I haven't lost any enthusiasm. Sure. I'm just loving the shit out of this, but I'm also getting excited. And then I start seeing Eric fall apart. <laughs> and then I start getting very excited. <laughs> and my predatory instinct kicks in. And then I'm He's also weak. You can I'm feel playing, him. You can feel him. You know playing I mean? with his cue, a cue that he made. <laughs> it's like you're getting your nuts shot in with your own cue, son. That's not good. That's right. I see you over there getting <laughs> you know, wobbling, just wobbling on the back of the herd. I don't know, man. I'm, there's very few things in life that I've had as much of an attachment with where I, I really like got a lot of satisfaction out of, like pool. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just it's just fun. I, I it's a and I'm not playing the person either. I'm just playing those balls. I'm just trying to do my best. I'm trying to do my best of making my way around the table. So I'm not upset if someone wins. Sure. You know, when I was a young man, if I was playing a game when I was an idiot, I would get upset if someone else won. And then I realized somewhere along the line that that doesn't help me in any way. And, in fact, it hurts me. Well, it's also got nothing to do with you. Exactly. Especially with pool. Pool's one of the rare games where, like, there's a famous match between Francisco Bustamante and Johnny Archer. They were playing a race to ten for some incredible amount of money. Johnny Archer broke and ran ten racks in a row on him, which is insanity. And then at the end, Francisco Bustamante wanted to double the bet and keep it going. Right. (laughs) That's how crazy this fucking game is. Yeah. That a guy can well, do that like, where you – 10 games, you don't even get a chance to shoot. It's like the old joke about a guy. He makes a game with a guy. They're going to gamble, and uh, the guy breaks and runs out the set. The other guy never gets to play, and he comes up to him and goes, hey, man, you're going to have to spot me something. He goes, spot you? So how can I spot you something? I haven't seen you play yet. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true, <right? laughs> you know, so it's – Well, there's a thing about pool, and this is the big one. We'll, we'll end it up with this. The thing about pool that separates us from video game, not necessarily video games, but really from poker, is execution. Exactly. Is poker, you-, you have to make a decision. Yeah. Pool, you have to make a decision, and then you have to execute it. And you have to keep your nerves together. You know, if you've ever played in a tournament or you ever gambled, you know how hard it is to really shoot straight when your heart's pounding in your chest and a bunch of people are watching you. Yeah. You know, which is why you see a guy like Shane or a guy like Alex or, you know, Earl, when they're playing their very best against high-level competition and then it's a, a fucking surrounded by people who know how to play pool. Yeah. Real pool players. Like, I could run out a rack and get out, and uh, the average person's like, that's incredible. But, you know, someone like you is like, why did you go that way on the six? Right, right. And you're like, I fucked up, man. I just got yeah, lucky. I right. bumped the eight, and I got, got clear. <laughs> happened to get you lucky. will know that I yeah. fucked up. You right. will know that I got lucky, and I got out still. That happens all the time. Whereas a guy like Earl, did you fucking see that? <laughs> you see, he only, if he misses that five ball, he doesn't even get out. If he doesn't clip the five ball with his cue ball, this is, he's playing luck pool. He's playing wish pool. He wish you, wish you had a shot. <laughs> there was a, a dude named Tom, uh, um, uh, Mount Vernon Tommy. Mount Vernon Tommy was like a, a top player uh, back at Executive Billiards yeah. uh, where I played in White Plains, New York, and he would get mad at people when they play wish pool. Wish pool. He's over here playing some old wish pool <laughs> some old wish pool you wish you got position <laughs> i learned a lot man hanging out in pool halls i learned a lot about i learned life. a lot about life yeah i really did there's uh, some extreme human beings yeah it's and i'll tell you what it will uh you know i've made my living in that world for the last since 2007 and You're probably one of the few guys 
outside of pool players that actually can make a good living in pool. It's not good. You got to keep your place. I, I, tell, I tell people, you know, it's like I feel like from just the technical things I do, I could go make more money doing other things. But it's – I'm pretty confident in it. But one of the things that – and I tell players this, and players have told me this, is that it's 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 – it really means a lot to be able to control your own destiny kind of. And that, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I want to go do X, Y, Z, I can do that with the knowledge that I also have to have, you know, this done by this time. It's like a lot of people who, who do their own freelance type of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who do that, but, uh, you know, you, you give up security for freedom. And once you make that, I mean, dude, you were a fucking stand-up comic for how many years? If anyone on earth understands that, it's you. Yeah. You know? I mean, before you got your break, what were you making a night, you know? It wasn't very much. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it, it's... Yeah. And, and there's... But that's the thing, too, is, you know, if you want to go work a nine-to-five job, you'll have a little more security. Not much in this day and age. Pool is even more drastic than comedy. Cause absolutely. Well, you can't go make money with comedy. At least you know if you go show up, you're probably going to get paid, even if you suck. With pool, you can go, and you have to pay to go in pool. Yeah. You, know, you, you have pay to pay for your hotel room. You have to pay for your tournament entry. And if you don't perform, you don't get fucking paid. So pool is double tough. For players, it's very, very, very tough. Listen, man, after this podcast is over, it's basically over now. Let's wrap this bitch up. Let's figure something out, man. Let's you and me do something. Let's do something. We'll do it on the internet. We'll do it somewhere. Let's make something happen. See if we can. See if we can do something. Just get a little fun in it. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's me playing. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's you and I going to Derby City and doing a, a documentary. I would about love Derby to City. do that. I would love to do yeah, something. We'll, like do that. something. Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah, for sure. All right, this podcast had no beginning. No end. It has no end. <laughs> is uh, no point, but that's life, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Justin, you can get a hold of him uh, at The Action Report on Twitter. Uh, TheActionReport.com is the website where you can see the absolute very best players in the world duke it out uh, in long races. And if you're a fan of pool, go check that out. And if you're not a fan of pool, play a little pool and then go, go check that out. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You'll understand how uh, how amazing it is. Uh, dude, this is a fun, epic podcast. I enjoyed it, man. Thank Probably you very much for having me. It's the longest podcast I, I think we've ever done, ever. Jesus, that's impressive. That's it. We made a record today. Yep. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. We will be uh, back next week. We've got a lot of shit going on next week. Next week, uh, I got uh, Greg Proops, powerful Greg Proops, um, Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, that's right. Stephen Pressfield, yeah, the author? that's right, the author. He's uh, next Dude, Wednesday. his shit is legit. Next Tuesday, rather, the 15th. Yeah, he's amazing. So uh, Greg Proops and Pressfield next week. Awesome. Lots of good shit coming up, you fucks. And uh, then the week after that, uh, well, the week after the week after that, I got Sam Harris coming in. I got I got a lot of shit going on, you fuckers. <laughs> uh, and thanks for uh, all the, the tweets that you guys send me. I am more informed because of you guys sending me tweets and sending me really interesting links and sending me really cool websites and stories. And I'm, I'm more informed because of that than anything. And I, um, I absolutely do feel the, uh, the responsibility to retweet as many cool shit 
uh, cool things as you guys send me and and tweet as much cool shit as I find online. So uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for that and tell you that this is not something that I take for granted in any stretch, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I appreciate it very much. Um, next gig is next weekend, the 18th. I'm at the Bayou Music Center in Houston, Texas with the one and only Tommy motherfucking Segura. And then the 25th, I'm at the Dance House uh, for two shows in Manchester, um, England, by the way. Sold out. Suck it. <laughs> and then Irvine Improv, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. All right. That's it. The end of the show has come. It is uh, 834. It's time to go get some steak, talk some shit, and we'll see you guys next week. Love the fuck out of you. Big kiss. Bye.